Holman, give me a hell. Hell. Give me a hell yeah. Hell yeah. Yeah, you know. Should we start it that way? No. Do we like that? No. Oh, we shouldn't start the show that way? I feel like it's too soon. <laughs> like, oh, it no. is? Are we going to talk about like what happened this week? There's did, so much to cover. What did happen this week? Uh, you were on uh, Josh Weesey's uh, Sponsored Writer Podcast. Did you listen to it? I did. You did? It was super weird. Was it? Did Do I you, suck? No, no, no. It was It was interesting. But what I want to know no, is- No, wait. Hold on. The, 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 <laughs> wait. The tone in your voice. It was interesting. So what's funny is <laughs> I've listened to you for 30 years in audio. You've been in my ear probably more than a lot of people that I know. That is disgusting. Why is, <laughs> why is your voice so much deeper on our podcast than it was on his podcast? I like I feel like we should play a know. snippet of it just so they can hear what you sound like on somebody else's podcast. But I go up and down. I go up and down uh-huh. a lot. Like I think when I get excited, I go I'm like this, and it's super <laughs> annoying. It's a lot of my commercials that used to run on K Rock. I'm like this. It's crazy. I'm like a clown. But then uh, when I'm sitting here with you and yeah, I'm you and know, calm, you were calm, yes. and it's lower, and my vocal cords are vibrating a little slower. Uh-huh. It's deeper, deeper, <laughs> much, much deeper. Okay, let, let it's, just, a, it's embarrassing. I'm not gonna lie. All right, I'm just gonna pick a uh, a random piece of audio here. I, we'll just jump right in. We'll, we'll play a few seconds. But just so listen this is, to your voice. This is you clowning me for the uh, the pitch of my voice. <laughs> The emissions are so yeah yeah it's been a huge huge thing in the tuning world yeah. like it's just crazy you know because guys that that's you know, enough it's, it's like that's the enough that's enough you can stop right there <laughs> i'm turning it down like that oh it was awesome i don't know what it why, is why is it is it through your voice travels through a telephone and gets uh like four octaves higher it or must I don't know. It was almost a little disconcerting because I know what you sound like because I listened to our show to edit it and I stuff mean, with you. And- Kevin and Bean, where I used to work the morning <laughs> show, they would clown me all the time. Oh. And I will listen to myself on commercials and stuff. And I'm like this. It's like Seinfeld. I <laughs> yeah, go, I, seriously, and right? I go, what? Why do, what's <laughs> I, happening I there? I don't know. It and was... I sound like I'm 11. <laughs> like 11 years old. I mean, it was just funny. I'm like, I listen to you weird. and I'm like, this is like a different guy. But yeah. it's anyway. All right. But I know I'm making fun of you, but this is your opportunity to make fun of me. I effed up. It's retraction, it's retraction time. time. With Holman. With Holman. <laughs> All right, so what's the story? Uh, well, I just, uh, I... I oh, let me whoa, turn that Echo! Off. <laughs> Only Echo, Batman. <laughs> gotta turn that off here. Uh, so we were talking about the Ford Tremor and the badass 7.3 liter big block. Mm-hmm. And I said it was a single overhead cam, like a dumbass. Yeah. And it is a single cam. It just mm-hmm. happens to be in the block. <laughs> right. I forgot that Ford even had the wherewithal of making an overhead valve engine fresh these days. I thought they would, they're only making, you know, just whatever. Point being, I effed up. And for everybody who uh, messaged me and reminded me of my F up, thank you. It was almost instantaneous. I mean, I knew as soon as it, I listened to it on the edit, I go, there's no way to fix it. We're not in the studio anymore. And, oh, well, I'll just let it ride. And I figured I'd fix it on this one and tell everybody, hey, I was wrong. I was, I was shooting from the hip and I, did, I just brain yeah. farted yeah, and yeah, whatever. Swing and miss. Cry out loud, shake your fist. All right, uh, I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna take the suckage meter. I'm gonna dial it back mm-hmm. because I had a, an amazing week with uh, our sponsor Nissan. Tell me more. Oh, that's right, you weren't with me. <laughs> no, I wasn't. <laughs> Ass. Uh, it was awesome. All right, so uh, I flew to uh, Nissan's headquarters in Nashville, Tennessee, mm-hmm. and I saw Sands Lightning. I did some stuff. Right, I saw some stuff, and uh-huh. uh, some stuff happened. Well, I don't know if I'm interested. You're gonna have to uh, give me some more. And then I got in the brand new. 2020 Titan. Yeah. Drove six and a half hours to uh, Mississippi. 
I, I wasn't in that truck with you. And That's weird. then I went to uh, Canton to the plant. Mm-hmm. Wait, what? And I thought that I was supposed to go to the plant yeah, with that's, you. That's a different thing. That's that a different doing. thing. It's just a different thing. Ah, and then I got the so new confused. 2020 Titan XD and towed a bunch of stuff and ended up in Louisiana. Now, are you going to be able to tell us about it or is it- Embargo. Uh, this I can talk about. So oh, we can. Do, yeah, we'll do a truck review later. Okay. Um, and uh, and I got some audio while I was there. Probably was uh, horrible, but we're going to try it. Okay. Uh, it, I'm not sure- Why? If, was it horrible? Did well, you just leave the recorder in your pants? Yes. Okay. Yes, the whole time. <laughs> um, the way the tour was, it was like uh, a guy talking in our ear while we were on like a little uh, Cushman train. Uh-huh. And then I was trying to uh, talk about what I was hearing and seeing while listening in my ear. And so we'll see. It's probably wonky as heck, but- Sounds I, like a disaster, but boy, are we excited yeah. to play. <laughs> and I saw our uh, friend uh, who happens to be a Titan ambassador. Not Corey Barr. Corey Barr from the Fruit Cake episode. <sighs> and let me tell you about the meal that Corey made us. But I think I can tell that later, right? Unless you want to hear about it uh, now. No, tell us later. Okay. Yeah. All right. Anyway. Because I'm hungry, frankly, <laughs> and I don't yeah. want you to uh, make me hungry. Yeah, I will. Uh, this will fill you up. So anyway, uh, Corey was uh, amazing, an amazing host. So we got some uh, audio with him. So Nissan loves you and hates me is what I'm hearing. Uh, yeah, I think that's accurate, actually. <laughs> uh, and then uh, also uh, I might have done a thing yesterday. Did you go off-roading without me? No. Oh. But, but this is uh, basically the next best thing. Whatever you do without me is great, is what I'm hearing. Uh, something like that, yeah. <laughs> I, can't, I mean, that's way too open-ended. I don't know what you, Was it Nissan-related? No. Oh. Although uh, we have a 2020 Titan and an XD coming to us. To to you and me, us? Or to, uh, or to, we, to yeah, Motor well, we, No, we can, uh, we can arrange for us to have it, and then you get to drive the new trucks. I'm so in. All right. I'm all in. 100% in. All right. Well, before we uh, get into the show, of course, we have to thank our presenting sponsor, Nissan, and uh, I will. Who apparently uh, loves you and not me, and, and takes great care of you, and feeds you, and keeps you fat, and uh, <laughs> it was awesome. Lets you drive all the new uh, trucks with and, trailers uh, and trailers. It was great. And, uh, and oh, I, get, and I get nothing. By the way, got to do a shout out for our friend Wendy Orthman, who has been one of our champions over at Nissan. Who I, uh, I read that she just got some crazy jumbo sized uh, promotion. Yes, and it was definitely because of her backing the Truck Show podcast. It raised her. <laughs> It, it raised her stock within the walls of Nissan no, so I think, high. I think that she had to explain it. I think <laughs> she'd so. be like, oh, yeah, I know that was a misstep. On yeah. The, uh, so miscalculation. Two funny things about that. She is leaving uh, Nissan and moving to Yokohama, Japan, as she was just promoted to the global communications head for Infinity. Oh, well, that's still Nissan. I, I told her, please don't I mean, that's forget still about Nissan, us. right? Am I, yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but Nissan, the brand, she won't right. be doing truck stuff with us anymore, okay. which super sad. But she did tell me. She has one fruitcake left. <laughs> and if we want it, really? it yes. has our name on it. I think we do. Do we want it? Yes, of course we want it. <laughs> okay. I mean, I don't know if I'm excited to eat it. It was uh, kind of bad last time. I mean, we're coming up on uh, three and a half, four years, so we still have another year before we would eat it. Should we just hang it on the wall? I think we need to- With like we, a spotlight on it? We'll put on a pillar? She doesn't keep refrigerated, right? No, it's just been sitting in her office. It's the last one of, of the one we ate of that. If she's willing to give it to us, we need it. Okay. All we right. do need it. This is not, I'm not joking. Well, we I, I'm get gonna, it. I'm going to tell her that we need the fruitcake. But, we, we talked about it. But she doesn't have to fly it out here in a briefcase with handcuffs like, like last <laughs> like time. Like last time? Right, yeah. And on that note, we want you guys to go down to your local Nissan dealer and check out, do they still have- the 19s on the lot, or are I'm, they pretty much I'm, all gone for the 2020s? No, now? I'm sure you can get a 19. The 2020 should be hitting dealerships like right now. So you're going to get a smoking deal on a 19 Titan with a five year, 100,000 mile warranty. And there is so much value in that truck, your head will spin. Will it spin though? 
all the way around like an owl? Or I mean, I hope not, because then you'd be dead. You wouldn't get to <laughs> enjoy the the Titan. But yeah, no, you don't want to be. So keep your anyway. Head, keep your head intact when you walk into the <laughs> Nissan dealer. Although it, you may be so impressed that your head will spin around. Then again, you're dead and you can't enjoy oh, it. Yeah. So this doesn't work. Yeah. Go in there intact, <laughs> stay intact, and buy a Nissan. That's what we're saying. Yeah. And then tell tell the guy behind the counter or your, your sales The truck show podcast. Truck show you? Yeah, heck yeah. All right, I like Do that. that. NissanUSA.com. Yes. Was that an awful uh, read for them? Uh, no, they enjoyed it. Okay. it was, it's off the cuff. They said, "Not, not, don't make it scripted." Like, well, yeah, well that yeah. ain't scripted. <laughs> hey, <laughs> all right. We can't forget our uh, friends over at Deck to make an awesome cargo storage solution for your uh, truck or van. Sliding drawers, yes, that you can put two thousand pounds on top of, and it's uh, weatherproof and dustproof. So, uh, Deck.com, and of course, don't forget our friends over at Innova, the uh, makers of the awesome OBD2 scanning software. You can either get a handheld or it works with iOS or Android, which is super cool. Now, d- does everyone know what OBD is, do you think? Onboard Diagnostics. So yeah. OBD2, since 1996, you got the little port down by that uh, left knee under your dashboard where you can plug in and figure out what your check engine light is saying. And the cool thing about Innova is it's like having your own personal automotive technician in your toolbox. Not only will it tell you what the code is, you that can clear the code. That would be painful if there was a dude in your toolbox. For him, not yeah, for you. <laughs> Let me out, <laughs> Hey, Dave, <laughs> I need you to tell me what's wrong with my car. Yeah, so a normal scan tool, here, here's how it works. A normal scan tool will just tell you, uh, tell you a code, right? That's a P0091 or something. And then you've got to Google it and figure out what the heck that means. And then w- once you figure out what it means, how does it apply to your car? Well, so Innova has a library, a, a living database, and they say not only what the code means, but what to do about it, possible fixes. It's it's really, really well, cool Well, they have service. verified fixes of people that have had the same issue as you that have actually gone through and fixed it. So Obvi- it's kind of like a community then. Yeah, how-to videos, uh, predicted repairs, and also the ability to purchase the correct part to repair your vehicle directly from the app. So go over to Innova.com or call their U.S.-based customer support team. You can find that on their website. And uh, find the problem now or pay for it later. Let's start the show! The Truck Show! We're going to show you what we know. We're going to answer what the truck, because truck rides with the truck show. We have the lifted, we have the lowered, and everything in between. We'll talk about trucks that run on diesel and the ones that run on gasoline. The truck show, the truck show, the truck show, oh, oh. It's the Truck Show with your hosts, Lightning and Holman. You ruined it again, dude. I made it better. No, you didn't. I added tobacco. Made you know what you did? You picked up dog poo and you threw it at uh, the Mona Lisa. That's what you did. You uh, just took a, like a no. swath of like dew and you went... No, no. Right on the Mona Lisa. That's not what I did. Yeah, That's you did. I did. It turns out it was a Snickers bar and it was delicious. <laughs> it was. Uh, so, all right. When you think of Ohio... What do you think of? What comes to mind? Maybe uh, Cleveland. Maybe the Duramax factory in Moraine. Uh, Buckeyes. Maybe 21 Pilots, the band. A lot of flat cornfields and gray skies. How about the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame? Do you think of the U.S. Air Force National Museum? Actually, I've been there, and that is one of the most amazing museums you will ever go, ever. The Wright-Patterson Air Force Base. Oh, so amazing. But when you think of Ohio, you don't think of Halle Berry, Drew Carey, Neil Armstrong. You don't think of LeBron James. You think of Ryan Mayer. 
<laughs> Don't you? <laughs> That's a heavy setup. <laughs> yeah. Should I have gone along with it? <laughs> yes. No, okay. You're supposed to go along with it. God. <laughs> well, I didn't know you were setting up our like, uh, our first guest. That was a colossal fail right there. <laughs> it was there. horrible. We didn't talk about uh, Apparently, I didn't attend that production meeting. <laughs> no, I had a meeting out in the hallway. With, <laughs> with the, yourself? Uh, no, with the janitorial staff. By the way, they usually come in here while we're recording. <laughs> no, they're vacuuming. We're like, what <laughs> we're, we're, there's a light on air. On air. So anyway, Ryan Mayer is a great guy. He's a YouTuber. He's got like 150,000 plus subscribers. He's a real do-it-yourselfer. He's a huge car nut, truck geek, and I wanted to get him on the show because I think he's got an entrepreneurial spirit about him, and I think it's just going to be a good interview. So, Holman, if you'd be so kind, dial and smile. Let's go. It'd be funny if he didn't pick up. He might not. It's possible. He doesn't know this number. Hello? Is this Mr. Ryan Mayer? It's Lightning and Holman for the Truck Show Podcast. What's up, man? That is me. Fantastic. Hold on. we got to play a quick intro. Don't move. Yo, the truck show. <laughs> who dis? Who dis? Who the hell is this? A truck show interview you don't want to miss. We talk to top dogs <laughs> in the industry. How'd you blow up? How'd you come to be? Who dis? Who dis? Truck show represent. I feel like we should do those like... Rrr, 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 rrr. When we play you, that intro, no. did we? No, I don't. Oh, yeah, I don't so, think no. so either. That's I why I was uh, <laughs> <laughs> I was silent on that, uh, yeah. on that on that topic. So, Mr. Ryan Mayer, how you doing? Good. How are you guys? We're uh, we're fantastic. Are we interrupting? I heard that you had some kind of like family soiree happening. I called earlier, and your uh, your girlfriend picked up, and it was just loud, like a party was going on. <laughs> yeah, I kind of, but you know, I brought myself outside to take care of this. <laughs> fantastic. Thank you for stepping away. We had met officially at SEMO, and it was the kind of the debut of your your Ram 6.7 build. Your uh, I think you were calling it, uh, was it uh, your uh, 6.7 Lime, correct? That That is correct, yes. Okay. I, I was basically telling Holman, he wasn't really familiar with you, and I'm like, this guy is really cool. I want to reach out to him and talk to him and mm-hmm. do an interview because I think what you're doing is really cool. You're building everything in your in your garage. So you started off, mm-hmm. let's go back, with look at your car. So you started off with a, a 2019 Charger Hellcat, right? Well, I, I started off with my, actually, I had a 2016 Jetta, and I was just tinning it, doing stuff like that. And then, I mean, obviously, I wanted to, I used to, I mean, when I was 16, like I said, I always had trucks, trucks, trucks. And then I obviously went to the, everyone wants to test out the Wrangler side of things. So I went to a Wrangler, and after the Wrangler, I'm, like, trying to be sophisticated. I'm like, all right, this gas mileage is, like, terrible. So I went to the whole, like, economical side, and I went to a Jetta. And then after the Jetta, I'm like, you know what, I need a truck again. So that's when I got my 2017 Ram uh, with the six-speed transmission manual. And then after that, I added my Hellcat after that. First, I got to ask, did you hit the lottery? Do you have rich parents or do you have a good job? How did you just start off with these amazing vehicles? So, (laughs) absolutely not. I'm like that kid that I never even asked my parents for like 20 bucks to go to the movies. It was just a big, like for me, it was just like I saw myself as, you know, if I wanted something, like no one's going to hand it to you. So I went out there and like when I was 16, um, I went out there and like, I started my own landscaping business. Cause I'm like, I just need, you know, if I want something, no one's going to hand it to me. So I went out there instead of getting a, you know, a, a $8 an hour part-time job or whatever, I went out there and started my own business. Cause I saw obviously the profit margin and everything so much greater where I could, you know, work for myself, make more money, do stuff in less time. And in that turn, you know, doing that, saving money over the years, and doing that, uh, you know, you could save money and then, you know, 
get what you want and do what you want. So that's how I kind of viewed life for forever. So are you telling us we are in the uh, the wrong line of work? <laughs> no, that, that that's what some people sit there and they'll even ask me when I sit there and they'll be like, well, they see what I do and then they're like, I want to start a YouTube channel or I want to do this. And I'm like, that is nowhere near. Like, don't do something just because you see like results. Like, don't do that. Do something you love because everything else will like follow. Um, you know, at the end of the day, if you sit there and you do something that someone else does because they love it, you're not going to enjoy it and then it's just going to fail. So if you sit there and do something you love, then like everything else follows that. So I see people all the time try to just follow other people and nothing ever works out. I want you to take us through the vehicles, but also at what point did you start recording yourself on camera? Because you're very natural at it and your audience, I think when I started following you, which was like September of last year, I started watching you on YouTube and then okay. by SEMA, by the time you brought your truck to SEMA, you were up to, mm -hmm. you had cracked 100,000. I remember you in the hotel room going, oh my God, we just broke 100,000. And now you're up to 153. So you're having pretty fa a pretty fast rise. Yes. Yeah, so when I first started recording myself, like I said, I so I was actually in school and I sat there and I, I would be sitting in classes and I'm like, yeah, honestly, my mind was everywhere but what the professor whenever was talking. So mentally, I'm just like, He's talking about clouds or whatever class I was put into because they had to make me take it. Clouds. Like, that's what he's talking about. Clouds. Yeah, clouds. <laughs> well, that, that's what I'm saying. That's the only class I like physically remember me sitting there and it's like weather. And I'm sitting there like, I, I'm not focused on this. And I would sit there and I do research on, you know, everything else between YouTube and like Amazon and stuff like that. And pretty much how to make money on your own. So I would sit there and do that. And then when I sat there, um, my brother-in-law actually messaged me one day and he's like, Hey, well, he worked in an automotive shop, like aftermarket, they did everything. They're like we need work. Like we need someone here. So I was like, you know what? Whatever. So at the end of that semester, I took a semester off and I went and started working. But at that time I saw an opportunity that said, I'm doing all these cool things. Like, let me share that. And let me share how I can do this. So that's when I started filming myself. Cause I was working at a shop that did a bunch of cool things. And I was doing a bunch of cool things in my own car and stuff like that and saving money. And I was just showing people that, you know, doing like little things on your own, you save a whole bunch of money just because, you know, a lot of people are afraid to take that step and do something yourself. So was it the charger or was it the Ram that was first, the, the first one that was kind of birthed in front of the YouTube audience? So it was the Ram first. I mean, obviously I did little things to my little Volkswagen, but. It was the Ram that really caught people's attention because one, it's it's just a bizarre color, and two, it's a manual transmission, which is very few. Good uh, man. For those you know miles, yeah. I, I so. was gonna. So you don't know this about Holman, my my partner here. Uh, he is obsessed with keeping the manual transmission alive. Uh, Long live oh, the manual! I and I think that Holman <laughs> also can appreciate um, interesting colors. And so yes. this was, and I'd like you to tell the story. I know you've told it a bunch of times, but not here on this podcast. Explain to Holman how you decided or found the lime green truck, because it was kind of, that's kind of an interesting story, how, to, how you arrived at that. I always knew that that color was a thing, because, you know, as, like, when I'm younger, I'm sitting there, and I Google, obviously, you always want, like, if you want something, you'll sit there and you'll Google it, you'll, you'll research it, and obviously you see every so often you'll type in like fourth gen Cummins at the time before they came out with the fifth gen. So you're typing fourth gen and you see like random after like 800, like 800 pictures. You say, oh man, look at that color. Like it's just random. Like you'll sit there and scroll for days, but you'll see this random like bizarre one. So I knew the color was always there. 
I knew Ram makes, and I think Ford and all the other companies, they make the low volume like work truck color so you can just slap your company's like sticker on it and then boom, call it a day. I went to a dealership and I sit there and I, I, I'm sitting at the table. I'm really sitting there with the guy. I'm like, I'm going to order this white Ram. Cause you know what? My Jetta was white. I'm like, this looks clean. This looks great. And I sit there. I'm like, I'm going to order this white truck with all the specs I want manual transmission because you can't really, people didn't build them that way at dealerships. So I sit there and while I'm looking, like I, I just kind of like blurbed out and like jokingly, I said, well, there's this green one I saw in Indiana. He's like, the guy I was working with, he goes, yeah, we had one of those one time. And like everyone would show up and say, wow, that truck's awesome. And he's like, well, do you want to buy it? And they're like, ah, absolutely not. Like I can't, <laughs> I can't drive around looking in that. So that was what was funny is even the dealership I was at, like we had one of those one time, but everyone loved it. Nobody wanted to drive it because they didn't want to be seen in like something that wild. I mean, that, that's something, that's one of those vehicles where you, uh, you can't pick your nose. Right, I mean, no, you can't no. you can't do anything. It's, well, uh, but you know what? That so Oakley sunglasses was famous for that. A lot of companies are. Will they make some crazy lime green or purple pair of sunglasses that go over the your, the top of your head? And some some athletes will wear it. And and you'll walk into the Oakley store and you'll go, you're like, oh my god, honey, look at these. These are crazy. You'll put them on. You'll look at yourself in the mirror and go, wow, look at these. I'll take the black ones. Yeah, you know, you'll take the yep. the conservative yeah. ones. I actually had a uh, pair of lime green Oakleys when I ran cross country back in high school. Really? I did, did you? I got pictures of. Yeah. It's pretty, pretty crazy. So you're that guy. I was the guy that actually had that, <laughs> that pair. I think what it was was I couldn't afford Oakley's new, and I think I bought them cheap off one of the, the guys who, bought, yeah, who probably wanted the black ones, <laughs> right? And I that's why that's what I rolled. So what was the uh, engine in the Ram? So it, it was a six seven Cummins. That was my that was one of my things. Is that so G fifty six Trans, I, I, I believe. G fifty six Trans, yeah, six speed manual. My, that's Love my those. thing. Is like. The biggest comment you'll ever see is like, oh, I don't need a diesel. I'm not going to, I don't need to pay for it. I don't need to buy it. But at the end of the day, once you drive a diesel, you're never not going to. It's just like the power, the torque, everything. I mean, let's be honest. It's there. There's a lot of things we don't need. (laughs) I mean, our houses are full of them, right? (laughs) Yeah, yeah, right. Exactly. (laughs) But you've got, you've combined it with the manual and the 6.7 liter diesel. By the way, that that was a great truck. Great truck. Well, that mm-hmm. was the same tra- uh, transmission in D zero zero six when I went back to Cummins. Oh yeah. Basically, that was the drivetrain that was in the first gen that I drove. Oh my god, it's it, that old. Yeah. That's crazy. It's so now, awesome. can I still go, Ryan? Do you know can can we still go to a Ram dealer and buy a, a, a manual, or is that gone? So the new the new body style they don't make it anymore, which is unfortunate. But um, I'm it was sure the last holdout though. Online, yeah, I, I, I'm sure somebody down the line, because it's like the same motor, it'll bolt up the same. Somebody will sit there and cut a hole in their floorboard and make it fit. But you can't order them anymore, but there's still a whole bunch of dealerships that have a couple left over. I sit there and I look on you know, the, the internet daily and see what people have, what they don't, what's for sale. I just sit there and just mentally I'm like, oh, look what they got. Somebody's going to get a good one. So I just do that daily. So there's, there's trust me, there's some out there, but you cannot get any new like new body style ones. You can't order them, so whatever's made is made. So let's talk about how you built this truck up in your driveway, in your garage. So I think that is why I thought, I think that that's why your your YouTube channel, which you'll just find under Ryan Mayer, M-A-Y-E-R, yep. is so interesting because you're not at a shop, you don't have a lift, you don't have all the tools, the specialty tools that a mechanic would have, and you put that truck together, it's beautiful, you, you debuted it at SEMA, yep. 
Let's go back to like, I thought it was funny, your powder coating because it was cheaper. So you're doing it in your kitchen in an oven that mm-hmm. you got from a buddy or something like it's, it's bizarre yeah. and, and, and very cool. Um, yeah. So that's my biggest thing like across the board is like when I was even 16, it was, you know, I've got money for this. Like I worked hard this summer. I've, I saved up money for this. But, you know, if I'm going to pay someone $1,400 in labor to put my lift kit on, all right, well, I got to pay for that and my lift kit. So I was sitting there. I was like literally go on the, the website and like, okay, well, it's a bunch of nuts and bolts. Like I can do this. Like Mentally, I'm like, I can do this myself. So you sit there and you start tackling projects and then they just get bigger and bigger. But with powder coating, it's especially around me. I'm like looking at shops. There's not really good reviews. There's not many shops. I got to drive this many minutes, but I see that, you know, you can buy powder coating systems online for a hundred or so dollars and the powder itself for like five pounds of whatever I like. It was illusion purple. I mean, it was a hundred bucks. So I'm sitting there like 200 bucks deep in a powder coater and a machine. And my buddy was doing a redoing his condo. So he gave me a free oven So I'm like for 200 bucks. I can power coat anything I want for this truck and it, you know, it's no problem. But if I took it somewhere, just when I got quoted Springs, just when I got my coil over as I was thinking about doing those purple too, it was like something like 200 bucks or something for a spring. And I was like, you know, mentally I'm like, I get it. You got a sandblast to do all the labor, stuff like that. But when you do it yourself, you just save so much money and then you can put that somewhere else. On that build, other than powder coating, what uh, what are you proud of yourself for having achieved? I mean, like, you did everything right there. What what one thing on that truck where you're like, wow, I, I did that. I'm kind of surprised. Well, <laughs> it's actually funny because every day I walk outside and I look at that truck and there's days where, like, <laughs> I just look at the thing and I'm like, wow. Like, that's a good-looking truck. And it's funny because the way it started was some, you know, truck that sat on a lot for a year because probably nobody wanted it because of the manual transmission. And it was you know, bright green. But when you turn it into something this crazy, no matter where I go, people sit there, they look at it, they take pictures, they ask me, how do you get in it? What, like, uh, just everybody sees it and their jaw drops. But if they saw it on the lot and they're like, well, I would never buy that. But when they see it done and see what what you can do to it, they're like, wow, that's amazing. So that's kind of what I'm proud about the whole truck itself is that I turned something that was, I guess essentially ugly to many to something that nobody cannot look at. So what did you do about things that were need in need of powder coat that wouldn't fit in your oven? Did you like take the new oven and put it face to face with the oven in your house? (laughs) And then you kind of like wedged them in there like diagonally or something? You you mated them? Yeah. The two ovens had sex? (laughs) Yeah. I'm honestly, I thought about that one time. I think I've seen people on YouTube or on the internet, they'll sit there and they use meat smokers or they're weld two ovens together. (laughs) Why wouldn't they? Right. Right. But everything else, like, um, the custom like forged wheels and the lift kit, those can usually come powder coated from the manufacturer. So that's how that stuff came. But everything else, like little accent pieces, my hitch, my, you know, the, like the support bars, stuff like that, the train horns, all that stuff, the diff cover. I did all that in my oven because, you know, it, it fit. Everything else pretty much came. I'm pretty sure I could fit a wheel in the oven if I wanted to. But that's a big oven. It is. Well, I mean, <laughs> it's like a, I mean, you'd be surprised what fits in a kitchen oven. <laughs> You're the only guy out there that's using like a uh, a 40-inch Viking oven for uh, powder coating. <laughs> it's yeah, not, not a Viking. This thing is an old beat-up <laughs> oven. Yeah. And so, yeah. but I, what I loved is like, he's like, look, anybody can do this. Watch. And he hands the gun to his girlfriend. 
And he's like, yep. here, honey, you do it. And she powder-coated a bunch of parts. See, if I was going to do that, I would go to like some restaurant auction and buy like a, was it a blodget or whatever? It's like what Subway uses to cook yeah. bread or, you know, something. That would That's a but big But he's oven. not going into business to do the stuff. <laughs> he's just doing it for himself. I mean, but yep. it sounds like he could make some money on the side. No? That, that's, a little, that's actually what a lot of people said. They're like, dude, if you could do this on the side, I'm like, <laughs> I, I great, think but. the way that if you see the video when you go to Ryan Mayer's channel, I have a feeling that OSHA wouldn't be too happy with his kitchen. <laughs> you know, uh, Ryan, what's your uh, what's your channel? Literally, my channel is Ryan Mayer. But if you type it in YouTube, it's Ryan twenty five forty six. That's when I made it like years ago. But um, yeah, on there, it's just it's so crazy because even like I know you said OSHA, but it's like there was a vent fan blowing. It's definitely not the best thing. But my point is, is like. You deal with the situation you're like at hand. Like a lot of people don't realize that. Like you don't have to have the best this or the best that or a professional powder coating oven or a lift in your you know in your garage or your driveway to do like put a lift kit on or do any of this. Like a lot. Like if you just sit there and try and tackle the task, not only will you collect tools and build your like tool collection, but you also get stuff done and save money in the process. So it's like you don't need all expensive crazy stuff to do what you know some of these people do that you see on the answer like on instagram and everyone follows so i have a question you got the 2017 ram you got a 2019 charger a hellcat but then somehow you ended up with a 2004 silverado 1500 (laughs) with a 5.3 I mean, like, that sounds yeah. legit. It, I, but it doesn't match the others. You know what I mean? <laughs> one of these is not, not like, like the, the other, other one. That's yeah, exactly yeah, right. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so it was, this is where I was. It's like, obviously, my RAM, the whole suspension is power-coded. Everything is nice and pretty. And obviously, up in Ohio here, it's not like California or Florida where, you know, it's like sunny year-round and warm. So, I mean, there's there's snow, there's salt on the road. So I'm like, I need something cheap. But in the same time, you know, just like any other car guy, you can't buy something and not mess with it. So I'm sitting there and I've got this, you know, regular cab truck and a long bed. And I'm sitting there like, first of all, the color's off. It's not green. Second of all, it's rusty. Like we all done that. So in the process, like this winter, I've sit there, I'm, I'm sitting there teaching myself stuff between body work you know, frame, you know, like restoration, like it was rusty. So I sanded it down, coated it with some, you know, enamels and stuff. And I mean, it looks great now. Replace a fuel pump while I'm under there. And like, that's the best part of my YouTube channel is like, I'll sit there and make a video and the people are like, there's 800 people who have the same truck. They're like, dude, while the bed's off, do this or do that or fix this or fix that. This is what's going to go wrong. So not only YouTube, like I can teach people, like people teach me and they feel like it's a big community because they can help me as I can help them. Well, that's interesting that you say that because watching your channel, you'll ask the audience, what do you think I should do here? And I'm thinking people aren't going to actually, he's not going to take their advice. Like he's not going to troll through the comments and then actually go, Hey oh, Dave, great idea. Good, I should do that. <laughs> but are you really are doing that? I, seriously, I am. Cause I'll sit there and I was like, Oh, I threw out the idea of a flatbed and like, obviously people are like, Oh yeah, do a flatbed. But then like, I say something like a few videos later and then the whole comment section is filled with don't do a flatbed. So people like sit there and speak their, speak their voice. Like it's, you know, they're trying to live vicariously through you. Yeah. So it's nice in the fact that not only can I do something and like teach them or they, it, it pretty much, they sit there and they watch and they get ideas. And that's the best part is like, I get comments and messages daily of, you helped me like start building my truck or do this. And like half the time I'll be driving 
you know, or I'll be in a parking lot somewhere and they're like, dude, wait, you're that guy. And I'm like, yeah. And then they like show me their truck and like, I started doing this because of that, or you did this. And like, you helped me get through this. And like, I was able to like tackle this myself or me and my buddies put a leveling kit on my truck. And that's what I love is like sit there and it's like most of the time your biggest like fear is yourself. And you sit there and you tell yourself like, well, I can't do that. I can't do this. Like it, it's just crazy. And that's what I love is like, it's a giant community. How many times have you done something where you've caught flack for it from the audience? Almost like anything. And that's what's like crazy. (laughs) (laughs) That's like the best part about YouTube is like, no matter what you do, someone's going to like hate what you do. So like well, anything, right? If you put yourself out yeah. there, it's like, you know, whether you're podcasting or whether you're doing a truck build, there's always going to be the guy. It's funny because it seems like, especially on the internet, there's there's two kinds of haters. There's the guy that's not really hating. He's just trying to be the funniest guy in the room or the first guy to comment, yeah. but sort of inspires the haters to come out of the woodwork. And then there's people yeah. who actually hate you. But what, what blows my mind is like, you know, we'll talk about the podcast for a second. We'll get one-star reviews and I'm like, you hated us that much that you actually took time out of your day to tell us yeah. how much you hated because us. Because leaving a review is not easy. Like you've got to—I mean, it's just you have to try a little you, bit. You got to right? try, yeah. yeah like, like what? And so yeah. the way I look at it is—I'm guessing I don't want to speak for you, but maybe the same way you do. And that's the that point that if if you have struck a nerve that much with somebody that they're willing to take time out of their day to express how strongly they feel in hating you, then you're probably yep. doing something pretty cool. And I would say that if you're doing stuff that everybody likes, you're not interesting. So you should always have a little bit of hate out there. Well, that's my that's my that's my point in anything. If if you're doing something where you can strike an opinion on someone else, like you're winning because they hate like people sit there and all the time they're like green, really like booger truck, like that that color combo is awful. But I'm like I sit there and I walk around SEMA and all I see is like 800 white trucks, black trucks, the occasional like dark gray and i'm like it's just something different that's one thing i personally have never seen is a crazy colored truck and a colored suspension usually it's like white black gray and then like blue or red or whatever underneath so sitting there like i even saw people you know as they walk they're like wow that's cool because it's something they've never seen is a colored truck and the color underneath which is also both wild because like there's not many colors you can like match with green so I don't know. It's just like you'll spark you'll spark an opinion on somebody, but that's the best part is when they, you know, they, they sit there and they have to type something. Well, someone else is going to type back, and it's just engagement. So that means you won, really. <laughs> I agree. So what's the plan with the, uh, the 2004 Silverado? Are you just going to – is it going to be a daily? You're just going to, you know, limp it back to health, breathe some life back so- into it, and then – run it hard or what yeah well that's the thing is like in the winter here it's just like i need something to drive and like just something i didn't have to worry about but in the same time it was you know a rusty mess so i kind of want to make it nice and just drive it so what happened is um you know i bought this truck and i'm sitting here and i'm doing everything i would have never done i'm just like i said frame restoration i'm repairing like rusty bottle pan- body panels rocker panels stuff like that I'm doing all that, but at the end of the day, yes, I'm going to lift it. I'm going to paint it. Uh, I'm still debating. A lot of people in the comments are like, do the opposite of the truck. Paint it purple, do the suspension green. And I'm just sitting here like, I don't know. But obviously, I'm going to build it up to something like 
just like every other vehicle I have, you know, you get a vision and you just do it. Um, but I'm going to paint it and do all that. And at the end of the day, I mean, I'm going to drive it. I honestly want to build it as like, I'm going to take it off road, do everything that everyone wants me to do with like my Ram. And like, people don't get that. They're like, Oh, do a view of it, take it mudding. And I'm like, it's not that I wouldn't take it mudding and it's not built for that. It's just like the cleanup. Like me and my buddy used to like off road his old TJ. And then like six years later, he'll get underneath it to take a bolt off and like a pile of mud falls off. (laughs) Been there. So it's just like, I want to take it as a, you know, a truck where I can get in and just drive somewhere not worry about it. You know, if I just wash my truck and it's raining, great, I'll go drive it. Let's go back to the, to the, to the green truck, the six, seven, the road to SEMA, to, you know, that that's kind of the, the coveted, the Holy grail. If you, if you're building a show truck, show car, whatever it is, tell me about going there, like getting sponsors. And I, I want to, I want to hear you talk about that experience, building a show truck, getting free parts, what you had to do for those parts. No, 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 wrong. Not getting free parts. Wrong. Nothing is free. That's Part, I, partnering with partnering with companies. Yes. But, listen, but that's what he, trust me, in his YouTube channel, I'm sure guys are asking all the time, bro, I know you got that those wheels for free. What'd you do? And you got a big RBP on the side of your truck. Blah, blah, blah. So I wanted you to tell our listeners if they think they can get their truck sponsored and end up at SEMA or some other, you know, uh, some big car show. What did you have to go through? What do you owe okay. your, what do you owe your partner companies? That's the experience I want to hear about. When I first started, and that's what every single person on the internet like thinks, is they see these SEMA trucks, and they see these built trucks, and they see all these power-coated suspension, whether they're 2016 old-body-style Fords or whatever. No matter what it is built, everyone thinks that everything on your truck, if you've got stickers on the truck, it's free. And in the case, I, I, I won't lie, there are some times where you do receive free parts. But most of the time, like the wheels, definitely not free. Lift kit, definitely not free. But there are incentives to working with companies because at, at the end of the day, they want, you know, they don't have the capital to sit there and buy 30 trucks. But they have, you know, the marketing budget to sit there and, you know, Hey, if you do this, you know, we can do this for you. So it's like, you're pretty much, they're using your vehicle to advertise their product. So at the end of the day, you're either getting a discount or a free product for it. And pretty much you've got to represent them in a positive manner, which obviously, you know, most products you put on your truck, they're made to improve either the performance handling, you know, horsepower, stuff like that. So you're not complaining at the end of the day. What a lot of people don't realize is, you can't just sit there and email companies and be like, hey, my name's Joe from Indiana, sponsor my truck, and that's not the case, which is unfortunate to some, but at the end of the day, companies want to see what you have to offer. So if you have something to offer them, you can help them promote their business and they see your truck. Obviously, you see my truck and it's green and purple and it just stands out. You, you could scroll through an Instagram page and you're like, wow, that thing's green and everything else is black. So it's just like little things like that that people don't like understand is that in return for the free stuff or discounted stuff, you companies want to see something in return because you know they're paying for whatever money they lost or they gave you, but they want to see a return in that. So when I started working with, um, I said my brother-in-law at the shop, uh, we were close with RVP, and that was a thing. I just sit there and you know just start to talk like. Just, 
just talking with them and, you know, a little, you know, small talk. And then it grows, grows to, well, I've already got a six inch lift in my truck and I'm like, it's big. But then they're like, well, you know, if we do this, that, and the other, you know, we'd like to showcase this because it's a new lift or this is a new wheel or this is a new this or your truck is green and it'll show off our products. Well, you know, we can give you a discount on this, that, and the other. And I said, okay. And you sit there and I'm like, well, obviously, you know, a discount on a lift that expensive or a discount on wheels this expensive. Awesome. I'm in. But like I said, in return, you got to offer something to them, which a lot of people don't realize is most people just think like, oh, you got free products. You got a free, you know, lift for your truck. You got free this, you got free tuning. And that's not the case. Most of the time it's, there's a discount. There's, you know, sometimes, you know, small or semi big products are free. But, you know, you're you're working for that. So it's not like it's actually free. You're truthfully working for that, you know, in return for that. So people don't realize that. What is your dream truck, Ryan? What If you won the lottery today, what truck would you build and or buy? And would you sell every one of the vehicles you currently have if you could trade for it? Um, so that's, what's crazy is like, Ooh, he already, he has the answer, right? He's already got the answer behind it. Yeah. (laughs) Truthfully, the truck I have was my dream truck, but then you sit there and then they come out with the fifth gens and obviously you can't get a manual anymore, but I sit there and you just get like teased with like a nice leather and a giant screen. And then you're like, all right, I built a single wheel. Like, let me build a dual, like a dually. So you all, like, if you're a car person, you never, I guess you're never satisfied. And that's what even, I guess everyone can agree, no matter what you have and what you build, you sit there and after a while, you're like, okay, like I've done this for a while. Let me upgrade. Or Um, what did you learn on it? And you go, I want to do it again. I want a second yep. bite of the apple, but I want to do it right this well, time. Well, but you know what? It's like Legos. So you don't buy Legos so you can build the Death Star with 2,200 pieces. It's well, the process. Sure to do it once. It's, but it's the process of building it. And then when it's built and you go like, oh, I did that. Now what's next? Yep. So it's the That's process exactly, yeah. of building the vehicle, I think, right? More so than even, I don't know. I think sometimes the guys that work in shops, they get to build vehicles, but then they don't have to own them. Or worry about yep. selling them, or they build other people's vehicles and go, man, if I only had five free minutes to to do my own, yeah, yep. maybe. I mean, it's all about how you look at it. So I'm hearing and that you want a new I, Ram, then. So I, I'm right now. I'm all mixed up and like crossed up. Like I said, I've had a Jeep. I miss my Jeep. I could take my doors off, top off, drive in the springtime, summertime, have a good time. But also, at the same time, like I love, I love trucks. But it's like I look at my truck and I'm like, I put so much work and time and effort into this. And truthfully, if you want me to be honest, the only reason why I haven't, you know, sold this and got a new Ram is because of the transmission. I can't get it anymore. So that's the only thing holding me back. And it's not like I don't love the truck. I'm not like uh, proud of what I did. It's just like just how you are as a car person. Like you built this and you look at it and you're like, well, I, I, I mean, I can't sell it. And like, I've got so many more things I want to do horsepower wise, fuel system wise, head studs. Like I want to keep going. I just, I truthfully do. And it has a manual. The manual is just incredible. It's just fun. It's just a whole different experience that no one really, you know, ever very few people sit there. I mean, even choose a manual, but at the end of the day, they'll sit there. And if you drive a manual diesel, it's one of those things that I, I guarantee everyone who's ever drove one is like, it's a whole different experience. So how many friends have wanted to borrow your truck for, you know, for an hour or two and then realized they couldn't drive manual? And they're like, oh, 
Sorry. That's why you buy a manual. Right? <laughs> yep. Well, that's the thing. It's like I get, they're like, hey, can I drive? Like, there's some people. I need like, to move a couch. People. Is your truck available? <laughs> yeah. Can you drive stick? <laughs> nope. <laughs> nope. <laughs> well, that's the thing. It's like so many people want to drive it, but at the end of the day, I'm like, can't you? And they're like, well, I kind of know. And I'm like, nope. well, you know, I mean, obviously a manual diesel, like you just want the clutch out. I mean, it'll pull itself. <laughs> don't you know, tell like, people you know, Don't tell them that. Yeah. Make it sound <laughs> yeah. as hard as possible. Yeah. <laughs> By the way, yeah. what clutch do you have in that thing? I have a South Bend dual disc clutch, the factory nice. clutch. As soon as you oh, add horsepower, like obviously it starts slipping. And that's what, yeah. I mean, it happens. But it's probably, it's an awesome clutch. As soon as, I mean, they make, just they make the factory clutch single disc and with the, you know, the, the flywheel to make it quiet and all this. And I get that. But it, any like car enthusiast. It leaves a little to be desired. Horsepower. Sure. Yeah. So, I mean, I put a lift on and a tune and I'm like, I can tell this thing's slipping. So I put a dual disc in there, and it's just incredible. It holds power, and it just does everything I need to do. And it makes driving the truck enjoyable. I mean, not that it wasn't enjoyable stock, but when you <laughs> when you take a stock truck and put it on, at the time it was 37-inch tires, I'm like, all right, this thing needs a little more, you know, get up. Well, Ryan, I want to congratulate you on the success of the builds of your channel. It's fun watching you wrench in the garage. You know, I kind of liken you to like our other friend, Greg Alberala, who just... He's, oh, I love he's, Greg. Greg. Greg A is great. And I think it's just, it's so much better than reality TV because reality TV, we know is all scripted. Or it's not scripted, yep. but they put people in situations so they can only react, to, you know, one way or the other. But this is just you talking uh, just 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 off the top of your head. Just, it's, it's just, it's 100% real. And I think it really resonates with fans of yours or fans of cars or a hybrid of both. Yeah, if you want to check oh, it out, uh, I appreciate that. Head over to uh, YouTube. It's uh, Ryan Mayer, R-Y-A-N-M-A-Y-E-R. And if you want to check him out on Instagram, it's at Ryan2546 on Instagram. Oh, I think it'd be a dick if I didn't bring up his uh, his apparel line. We should do that too. Lifted Co. So L-F-T-D-C-O.com. How did that get started, Ryan? <laughs> that actually... It's actually a funny story. Like, even when I was 16, I would sit there, and I'm driving my truck. And I'm just, obviously, 16. It was the first thing I did, lift my truck. Um, but no matter what truck I was in at the time, like, just being, like, on that, like, level, it's just, like, you like the view from up here. And mentally, I'm always, like, ever since I was sitting there, and I'm like, you know, you don't have to live life like, you know, everyone else. So, you know, be on your own level. Do whatever you need to do. Enjoy life the way you want to do it work the job you want to own the business you want to like live on your level, not someone else's. And obviously it's just like lifted trucks in general. So you know, that's kind of where it came about. And, uh, I don't know. It just, it's kind of like, a, I don't know. It just uplifting in general, because I'm like a lot of people sit there and they think they have to do X and Y, but at the end of the day, it's just like, you really don't have to, you know, just do what you want and you know, everything else follows. All right. I got, uh, I got one more thing to bring up. If you uh, go to Ryan's YouTube channel, the best way to shine your tires. Now I won't give it away. Ryan turns <laughs> the uh, tire shine business on its on its head. Oh really? I've not seen it that has one. Two point one million views. Shut the front door. So yeah. I'm not going to tell what? you. I'm not going to tell you uh, what secrets he divulges. Okay. But uh, but two point one million views can't be wrong. Head over to uh, to Ryan's YouTube page, Ryan Mayer, and uh, find out 
the best way to shine your tires. You'll never use tire cleaner ever you again. You seriously have my curiosity. <laughs> up. I do not know what this is. I, I haven't seen that no, one. We're going to drive some people over there. Oh, and, my gosh. Uh, a little uh, pro, pro tip from our friend Ryan. <laughs> All right, Ryan. You're the best. Congrats. We'll talk soon. All right. Thank you. You got All right, it, brother. Have a good All one. Right. Later. Have a good one. So for not knowing anything about Ryan, what do you think? Um, yeah, I literally had no idea who he was. I'm like, I hang out with him. <laughs> yeah. But now I want to know how to make a, a YouTube channel. Can you show me how? Dude, <laughs> I'm telling you, because I work with YouTubers for my day job, Yeah, and I don't know at what point and how many subscribers they need to make money, because most of the guys that I deal oh, with- like, I'm curious, what's the business case behind that? Like, what uh, what do you make? I like, think you need about a quarter million to actually be able to quit your job. So I think a quarter million subscribers with a, one video a week minimum, Yeah, you can probably make a hundred grand a year. That much? Um, yeah. Oh, yeah. And what, then what are we doing you, wrong? Once you crack the million mark, then it's a real job yeah. where you're making money. And then once you're doing more than two, two and a half million, Stradman, I think all the super guys. You're just like a straight up celebrity at that point. I think, uh, so listen, you remember being at SEMA? I you, uh, vaguely. Yeah. Do you recall the purple Supra in the middle of everything? I'm sure, yes. White wheels. That was Stradman's. Okay. And he was a dude working at a hotel two years ago as like an accountant, like a very low-level accountant. And now he has a big house in Utah. He has an Aventador. He has a Gladiator. I think he's got like four or five $200,000 cars. Yeah. And his full-time job now is just YouTubing because he cracked the $2 million mark. Yeah. And he's likable, family-friendly, the whole thing. But I think once you hit that million mark is when you're actually making a good living. All right, good to know. I'm only about nine hundred and ninety-eight thousand away from uh, from hitting that. I could do it. I think you're all all million away. Uh, might you don't be even have it. a YouTube channel, do you? No, I actually do, and I have probably haven't looked at it in like ten years, maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, What's on it? I Something think, that you like? I remember. I think there's one of my daughter who name who's like three years old who names the entire Angels lineup. Okay. Uh, I think there's my old Greyhound uh, running around the backyard. Would it surprise you if you logged on to your channel right now and there were like 250 views of like something that you thought <laughs> Should was I do good? it? Yeah. You right, should go right on, now and I'll tell do. me what's on your personal channel. I, I Honestly, it's been years. I have 11 subscribers. Oh, you have 11 subscribers? My uh, my highest video is, uh, oh, actually, I mean, this isn't bad. Uh, 1,700 views. Oh, wow. That's pretty good. Yeah. Oh, 1,800 views from uh, SoCal Deluge. Uh, my daughter uh, being an Angel super fan here. So you haven't monetized your account there, clearly. <laughs> you think? <laughs> um, I've also got one with uh, Mel Wade's uh, kid, Mel Jr., uh, and Mel and I in my old 51 uh, Willys flat fender driving it for the first time in a while. Mm-hmm. And he's in the back seat, and that has 1,300 views. It was posted nine years ago. <laughs> wow. You're not doing so well as a uh, entrepreneurial oh. YouTuber. How about the last time the 351 from my F100 ran? Before we inked it out. Um, How many views does that have? Four years ago. Uh, 58. 58 views. <laughs> <laughs> that was you just watching it 58 oh times. So funny. I almost want to do stuff on my YouTube channel now because I right. forgot I had one. It's amazing. Anyone can do it. Should I just upload random videos from my phone and I'll just be like, 
Sean's random YouTube channel. It'll just be things that I have on my phone, random. Uh, maybe, yeah. I think we, we should probably put up a little more on our YouTube channel. Do we, we don't have one, do we? we? Don't, no, I'm just <laughs> saying that. I was going to get people to go search for it and then not find it and be all pissed. But uh, I may have to. Hey, listen, um, if you guys want to subscribe, Sean P. Holman or I think just Sean Holman, that's my YouTube channel. Check it out. Why would they subscribe? I, I don't know because I might just put random stuff up for my cell phone. I have 1,200 videos on my phone. What if I just added one random video a week for no apparent reason just to see how much I could grow it this year? Wouldn't that be funny? Sure. I would laugh. It would be a mix of like uh, fishing, dolphins, guns, cars, trucks, burnouts. But I think people know you for automotive, for trucks and Jeeps, and that's what they would expect to see. I don't think that they would come to you for fishing, nor would they appreciate it. Uh, It doesn't matter. The whole point is it's just you don't know. It's like a box of chocolates. It's just uh, that's you're it. gonna get one with nuts. You're like, God, God damn it, I okay. hate nuts. I, I vaguely remember this video. It says how to amuse yourself in traffic, and it was somewhere on maybe Highway 40 where there had been an accident, and the entire other side of the freeway was completely stopped. And I was driving. Did you want to? Well, it's 40 seconds long. Sure, Should I play sure, it? Sure, hold on. All right. Hello. Hi. Fancy seeing you there, sir. I like your hat. Very nice hat. Thank you. <laughs> This is you yelling Hello at there. people in traffic? Yeah, on the other Hi, side of the freeway. Friday. Traffic is awesome. <laughs> it's great to see you. And your family. Hello. Great to see you. Traffic is great. Enjoy yourself. Smile, everybody. Woo, traffic. Listen to yeah. your voice. Your voice is up three octaves. <laughs> Listen to your voice. Oh. So your, even your voice goes I mean, up when you're happy. I mean, that is, uh, you know, all right, here's the last time my 351 ran. This was the very last time before it yanked the engine. I'm doing an engine swap here on my 67 F100, and uh, this is the last day. Uh, this engine is going to be in this car, so I'm going to be selling it. Just wanted to uh, run it so you see how easily it starts. Idles. Should have been a know your note. Rev. Yeah. You can see it's a uh, 351. I think it's from a mid-80s van. Sounds good. Yeah. It's C6 tranny. You see it idles nice. It's never gotten over 190 on the 10 gauge. Was your head next to the fan? Like, yes. That's me using the carburetor to... Uh, uh, so there you go. You just never know when you're going to show up uh, on my 11 <laughs> videos on my YouTube. <laughs> oh, man, that's that's sort of funny. You're big time, dude. Uh, when, yeah. when are you going to quit this show right. for uh, your YouTube career? <laughs> All right, so we uh, let's see how, how much that sucker grows for my 11 <laughs> subscribers or whatever it is. You know it ain't going to grow. That's what she said. You know what's funny is what would happen if I had more than 11 subscribers next time we do the show? We should just do periodic... Holman's check-ins. YouTube check-ins, yeah. Now I'm going to have to do stuff on my YouTube channel. We're going to have <laughs> Wait, to battle it out. What's your YouTube channel? I don't know. I have to oh, go is look. It, is it Jay Tillis? I Probably. Uh, Dude, I haven't looked in you. Okay, oh, let's see. close Chrome. I can't tell. No, you have 16 videos. I do? You do. Uh, I don't even know what they are. Your best video had 39,000 views from a bolt lock GM tailgate lock installation. What? Yeah. But what's funny is it doesn't say how many subscribers you have. Huh. Here's one uh, B Foundation Acoustic Performance at Long Beach. Okay. 943 views. You're just as bad as I am. Yeah. Wow, we suck. (laughs) (laughs) All right. All right. Now, can you log in? I need to see how many subscribers you have. Uh, You have so few, it doesn't say. All right. So it appears you have uh, one subscriber. 
Uh, that's you. Which is me. I just subscribed. <laughs> uh, that's that's fascinating. All oh, right. Well, weird. let's uh, let's see if we can How grow our is eleven. That, that I did a bolt lock into <laughs> a, a, a yeah, a but it has thirty nine thousand. Your next video uh, with the most views after yeah. that is one thousand views from DJ Exile at Paid Dues. Hmm. <laughs> I don't even know why I put that on there. By the way, stock check two, 56 videos or reviews from 10 years now, ago. Now, I got to say that I'm surprised this one doesn't have more views. This is uh, my nine-year-old. I took him up to Ogara Coach in like Calabasas, California. Okay. And I had a friend who was a salesman there and I said, my kid has always wanted to go for Lamborghini and I'll never own one. So would you take him around the block? And he goes, absolutely. Come on up. So we made wow. a, a day of it. And this is his- You know what, you know what that means? What's that? That salesman- Thinks your son's going to make more money than you are, and come back it's and see him. What's your favorite car? Well, my favorite car is an Aston Martin. It is. That's my favorite car. And in a, in a Lambo. Yeah. And uh, Ferrari. So they're in a convertible Gallardo right now. Some good Lucky choices kid. there, my friend. Yeah. So if you're in a long distance drive, and this. And Quinn, uh, he was nine then, is holding, I, I gave him a little GoPro, and so I said, much, aim yeah. it at yourself on the trip. A lot of them are like really designed for. I like how this guy has that real, real subtle British driving. accent, but not too strong. Um, Just enough to let you know tracks, he's special. Obviously, street legal cars. So if the roads that you're driving on are not like super smooth, it can be a bit bumpy. All right. That's two know your notes right there. It's still <laughs> fun nonetheless, right? Sounds good. It does huh? sound good. Is that the V10? Is that a Gallardo? Is yeah, that what you're saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you own any of Maseratis or anything? I can't afford them. Oh. <laughs> Just like you. <laughs> I'm saving up. Wow, it's like a. Uh... What do they call it? It's like a, a wasteland. Uh, it's a, <laughs> a wasteland of subscribers. It's a tube desert. <laughs> <laughs> a tube desert. Yes. What does that mean? You know how they uh, they have like uh, they call it a food desert in like an urban area where there's no good food. It's all fast food. Yeah. You've got the uh, the YouTube equivalent. Oh, subscribe a desert. <laughs> just of nothing. Of, yeah. <laughs> yeah gotcha. Nothing going on there. <laughs> oh, all right. Well, we'll uh, we'll check in periodically and see uh, who uh, who has more subscribers. Mm-hmm. Good, good time. So it's, it's a Sean Holman versus Jay Tillis. I don't even know if it's that. I think it'd just yeah. be funny to see how fast we can grow our pages. Huh. Or our channels. I, yeah. that they, I guess they're channels. They're, they're, Shows they're you how much I know about YouTube. Yeah, channels. All right, what's uh, next? I think what's new in trucks. What's new in trucks? We need to know. What's new in trucks? We need to know. What's new in trucks? We need to know. Lifted, lowered, and everything in between. What's happening in the world of trucks? Oh, that was a weird one from you. Yeah, that was weird. It was more like it was painful. I, I pointed. You pointed, but you were, you were, it wasn't a uh, it was a uh. It was a ah. Oh, yeah, it was weird. Okay. Yeah, don't do that again. <laughs> you didn't like that? No, I mean, I, I like the. I like the spice that you're doing new, yeah. s- new stuff with the yeah. uh. He's got to mix it up, but wait, not wait, that wait, wait. one. How do you like me doing that here, but I can't add any embellishments to our intro? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> Just a, the intro is sacred? Because this you know why? Because this happens after. It's like okay. a, it's, it's, it's an addendum. It doesn't ruin- <laughs> The entire show? Yeah. It's, you know what it is? <laughs> this it. is, you, you had 
the the soup, uh-huh. and then you burped, and it, I was okay after. <laughs> but if you had burped while eating the soup, it would have been disgusting. <laughs> okay, got it. Yeah. Or is it like you sneeze right before you put the soup in your mouth, <laughs> oh, yeah. and it goes everywhere? everywhere. Oh, you coated yeah, yeah, me with, yeah. uh, with soup. Yeah, egg drop clam soup. clam chowder. Yeah. Oh, you got worse pieces of clam all over. Justice. Well, how did we get here? I don't know. All right. Hey, you know, me, cleanse my palate with some truck news, right, hey, please. So uh, uh, this week is the Chicago Auto Show. And uh, Toyota has teased a new variant of the Tacoma, which will be some sort of sticker and badge package or uh, lights or trim or nobody knows. It's just a picture of it off-road. And then also uh, from my recent trip to uh, see our friends at Nissan, Mm -hmm. there's some Frontier news. Oh, it was that trip that I didn't get to go on. There's some Frontier news. There's some Frontier news. Poor K. Yeah, we'll tell you about next week when the embargo's up. Aw, you dick. Embargo. Hmm. Sorry about that. Hey, if you head over to why, why, why can't you break some news on this show for once? Uh, I'm working on it. We may have an opportunity. <laughs> we may have an opportunity. You should say, "Oh no, I know. You know what? I'm going to do it right now, right here. Nope. I'm going to break news about the super badass nope. Nissan Frontier nope. right here, right because now." Because if I break news, I also get a broken arm from a dude in a suit and a crowbar. They're not going to kneecap you or you something. You don't know that. <laughs> really? Yeah. Come on. They send ninjas. It's not good. You don't even hear them coming. It's, it's All bad. All of a sudden, your head's on the floor. That's it. On a pike. Yeah, and they're like, that'll teach him to <laughs> share Nissan yeah. embargoes. Do you know how many pieces of paper I have to sign to do these things? Do you really? It's a lot, dude. No. Are you still doing that, or is it just a- Oh, no, no. There is- It's just unspoken, uh, right? When you go into these places, there's a security person who takes your cell phone and checks you out, hands you a pen and paper. Mm-hmm. You sign a bunch of things that have like lawyerish talk on it. And what are you going to do? Not sign it, and then you don't get to go in. I, I'm pretty sure my third born is uh, somewhere in the. Uh, in How the, many non-disclosure agreements have you signed in your career? If you had to guess, fifty. Oh, I thought you were going to tell me over a hundred. Oh. I'd say fifty, probably. Okay. There's a lot of stuff that's just trusted off the record stuff too, like. This is a gentleman's agreement. Even corporate isn't going to allow this to happen. So, oh, you know. So you're not here right now right. in this building. Yeah. Don't ever So speak if you to go this. to certain companies, you'll go in and you'll be a visitor of somebody. And typically you'll have like a red lanyard around or a red badge or something that identifies you as somebody that does not belong there. That needs to, and most of them will say escort required and all this stuff. I have been in places where somebody said, put that in your pocket. And we need to go on a walk. Have they ever given you an employee badge? No. Oh. No, I've just walked quickly and quietly. I have also been in the trunk of a- uh, <laughs> No, you were yes, not. Yes, I have. Really? Yeah. I was snuck in somewhere, and the only way to get me out was with the two guys in the car, quote unquote, going to lunch, and me in the trunk. Oh, that's funny. Yeah. So there's been a few over the years that have been interesting. All right. Uh, how about uh, the Mahindra Roxor? As you uh, might remember, Mahindra, the Indian company that has a long uh, history of producing Jeeps uh, under license from Jeep in India. I was at Monster Jam, and uh-huh. I saw Roxor banners. Kind of surprising. Yeah. I didn't expect to see that. Uh, well, they just got in a lawsuit, and so there's a bunch Another of Another one? Well, th- that's the- This is the same one. Same one. Okay. So for 2020, they uh, have gotten away from the four-slot grill that sort of was uh, uh, Jeepish, and now they have gone to a grill that makes it look like an FJ. So here's let me, a let me photo. take a look here. That is an FJ. Like that's not kind of an FJ. That is right. an FJ. So they went from looking like a Jeep grill to looking like an old FJ grill. I mean, it's cool looking. What's wrong with them? <laughs> well, I don't know. They're pretty cool. So check this out. You know what I'm saying? But why don't they just make up their own look? Or they do like? Is their business model just to play in the shadows of Jeep? As long as we look Jeepish, people will buy this. Well, they. I mean, they are Jeeps though. 
They don't sense have to not be. Jeep quote unquote Jeep I, I get trademark, it. but they are built under license. So this is a vehicle from India brought here as the UTV. But Jeep is over it. They're like yeah. no more of these shenanigans. No more looking like us. Right. But that's kind of hard to do when you're you're deri- you're derived from uh, you know ancient Jeeps. <laughs> so uh, anyway, for 2020, they get a new grill. They also get a re-geared transmission and uh, 538 axle ratios. So uh, it's also available with a factory-installed lift kit as well as optional Bilstein monotube shocks. Um, there's now a slick configurator tool on the Rockstar website. Remember, you get a boxed steel frame, a standard 2.5-liter turbo diesel, five-speed manual or six-speed automatic transmission. Uh, and then with a starting price of just 16599 and a towing capacity of nearly... 3,500 pounds. It's a pretty cool little hunting rig or a fun alternative to a side-by-side. So, Have you spent any time in the Rockstar? Yeah, they're cool. You have? Yeah, they're, they're very cool. They're actually called, they're based on a vehicle called the Thar, T-H-A-R, in mm-hmm. India. Oh. And uh, they're, those are all road legal and everything. So if you go to Mahindra of India or, or uh, search for Mahindra Thar, you'll get to see sort of the wacky like, uh, like third cousins of our Jeep line and what happens when time sort of stands still. But regulations change and like styling, and it's just it's sort of a, 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 a interesting bastardization of anything you thought you knew about Jeep. I am dying to know if any of our listeners either a own one, yeah. b have a friend that owns one, or have driven in one. Because what do you think of it? Would you would you buy one? Because to me, like we've had this conversation before, I'm I'm going to buy a side by side that's much faster, yeah, more but agile. Not necessarily about speed. Maybe if you're a hunter or you need something around the ranch, you know, it's good for that. They're smaller, like a CJ5 size, not like Jeeps are so big today because of safety and regulations. Well, of kind of, you know, all I'm, that stuff. I want to know what And they're made right thinks. here in Michigan. Well, not oh. right here in Michigan, but in the right. United States in yeah. Michigan. Um, huh, 657-205-6105 or truckshowpodcast at gmail.com. And there's people who've done a bunch of cool stuff, like turned them into rock crawlers and, you know, done all sorts of cool Jeep suspension that you would have seen, like buggy-like and hardcore. Because if, th- if you think about it, you get a little diesel, which obviously has a lot of torques. So if you're not about speed, it's solid axles. It's just like an old CJ, which people have built into rock crawlers before. And mm-hmm. there's some wild ones out there. So if you uh, search up like Mahindra Rocks or Rock Crawler and stuff like that, there's been some great SEMA, uh, SEMA builds. They're just, uh, they're pretty cool. Hmm. I don't know. I'm not on board. <laughs> At all? I'll, maybe a little bit. All right. If you head over to fourwheeler.com or trucktrend.com, uh, this week we have a bunch of spy photos of the new Bronco, both two-door and four-door mules. And uh, the uh, they look pretty cool. Uh, the short wheelbase uh, mule. Um, what was the photo that I saw that went around the internet earlier this uh, last week? Where it w- looked like the Bronco was it a rendering? Yeah, it was, it was, blue, that was, it was not, a blue one. Yeah, that was a bad rendering. Oh, because a, a few people in the office said, "Oh my God, it's finally nope, out!" Nope. nope, nope, not even close. So, who, well, I, just who's, bad do, who's doing the renderings? Is it guys yeah, like, anybody, like us? Chase or Jeff Jeffrey Tan? Trans- uh, uh, so yeah, we'll hire somebody to do a rendering because if we can take a spy photo and make a rendering like that, people want to rather see it without all the cladding on it. The cool thing about us for spy photos is we get to figure out a lot about the vehicle. So. You know, obviously you can see a two-door Wrangler competitor. This one has independent front suspension, so it will not be a solid axle. I know there's still people out there who aren't sure. 100% Bronco built on the Ranger platform uh, will have an independent front suspension. Solid rear axle. Um, One of the tire choices will be one of our favorites, the BF Goodrich KO uh, 2 All-Terrain. And then there's a bunch of things that you can kind of derive from it. It looks like on some of the prototypes are Bilstein shocks. Um, 
right now the two-door prototypes, they don't have any spare tires or anything like that. But just hours after we got the two-door stuff, we saw a ton of uh, photos of the four-door going around. F- forgive me for asking, but how did you know it had Bilsteins on it? You can see them. Oh, you can? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. Because our spy photographers uh, crawl under the vehicles to get Are you us kidding on. me? Oh, yeah. They'll get that close. <laughs> so it was obviously it was parked and where? Like a McDonald's or something? No, or? no, 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 no. Uh, they're driving. You can get behind it and they're high enough where you can see the back of the suspension and oh, stuff. Okay. Uh, but then we uh, got a look at the four-door. Again, solid rear axle, linked rear suspension. Here's a picture of it parked somewhere where somebody did get a photo. Oh, yeah. Obviously that's stopped, down low. That's clearly parked. Stopped at a stoplight, and somebody probably ran up and threw a camera under it real quick. I mean, quick brand new, there's in. not a speck of dirt on that yep. uh, rear end. This one has a full-size spare tire, independent front suspension, front skid plate, body on frame, and the uh, tires measure 255-75 R17. However... Uh, there was also a uh, one running around with Raptor-sized tires on it, hmm. so which is obviously an up trim. Um, there's if you a- had to guess, Holman, tell me about that the uh, the rear axle. Uh, what about it? I'm just saying it looks decently sized. Yes. Any guesses as to what it is? Is it an American axle? Uh, what is it? I think it's a Dana. Pretty sure it's a Dana axle. Probably Dana 44 base, something like that. Okay, just curious. Uh, let's see. Didn't know how, how beefy they were trying to make well, this thing. Pretty beefy. Okay. Uh, and then we saw another one that had 32-inch tires on it. Uh, and if you look at the wrap up close, you know how like uh, the Olympics always have little icons for different things? Yeah. The Bronco wrap actually has those icons as little dots all over it, if you look closely. Wait, what? Isn't that cool? Hold on. Wait, wait, wait. Let me see. So they're almost teasing you to take a look at it. It says Bronco in dots. Yeah. Those, it and looks then there's like binoculars, uh, there's a snowflake, and look. That's that, a California lottery logo is what look, that is. Look at that one. That's a Jeep. That's not a Bronco. as one it of their little things. It is that looks a like, Jeep. That looks like a Jeep, doesn't it? Weird. Yeah, on their camo. Like, they're huh. teasing people with it, and there's little logos. And There's they're, some artists. Yeah, they're clearly having fun yeah. with, uh, with that. Uh, so anyway, there's, you know, it's kind of, I don't know, it's pretty interesting to see uh, what's going on. I wish I could talk more about it. Do you know more about it? Uh, I just, I'm just saying it's interesting to see what people are seeing. So you do know more about it. What I'm saying, Lightning, is that <laughs> oh, it's man. just, it's really, it's oh. interesting. All right, so here's some other things that you could. Embark. I you feel could, it. I feel here's the tough version yeah. with 35s. Look at that. Oh, that arm. looks good. That looks good. It's a little more. Uh, is it more square than I expected? I'm not oh, well, sure. Well, it's hard to tell. Yeah, it is hard to tell. So I w- <laughs> It does, with that weird wrap on the top, yeah. it looks like it's wearing a hat. A, a, tap, a toupee or <laughs> yeah, something. It does. It's All like right. a bad toupee on a Bronco. So anyway, if you're uh, excited to uh, see pictures of the future Bronco, even though it's wearing a toupee and has a bunch of stickers <laughs> all over it, uh, head over to fourwheeler.com or truck. You know, it's not a toupee. It's a mullet. It's it, wearing a mullet. Or it's a backwards baseball cap or something. Yeah, somewhere like something that. Something like that. You know, I, I remember I think uh, like three episodes I said I wasn't interested at all. Uh-huh. And I'm actually kind of getting interested. Oh. More than a Tesla Cybertruck interested? Uh, I mean, a little bit. All right. A little bit. Check this uh, yeah, out. I don't know why. In the uh, world of spy photos, this was a very good week because we also got Ooh, to see- a 2021 Ram Rebel TRX- Which is the true Raptor killer. Yes. Which I hear is going to have Mondo suspension, the best suspension ever uh, offered on a factory pickup. And for all the people- Whoa, 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 whoa. stop. You just said, repeat that slower. Mondo suspension, the best suspension ever offered in a factory pickup. Let that sink in. Do we know what that means? So it'll have, uh, unlike the Raptor, it'll have coil springs in the back. It'll have the coilovers in the front. 
Uh, huge travel, from what I'm hearing. We don't know what kind of coilovers, though, do we? Uh, oh, you do. Damn so it. it'll it'll be very cool. Damn it! And uh, it has a. This is a brand we're familiar with in the aftermarket, or something that is yes. A, oh. a, a un. It'll have a undetuned Hellcat V8, which means oh my, God. 707 horsepower from the factory in a Ram with more travel than the Raptor. From oh what I'm hearing, oh my God, 35 inch tires, maybe 37s. And look how beefy these control arms are. Like the Raptor, aluminum front control arms. I can't tell from here. And look at how oh, the shocks, yeah. look at all the shrouding around the shocks so you can't see what they are. I am excited. Very excited. Wow. At this truck. Um, we used to have a swear jar in the office mm-hmm. that had a dollar every time you said the words Raptor Killer. Because there is no Raptor Killer. And somebody would go, oh, it's the Chevy ZR2. And one of our riders would say, it's the newest Raptor Killer. And you're like, oh, <laughs> dollar in the jar. And then we would, we would do, yeah. buy treats for the right. office. Sure, sure, sure. This is the only vehicle that is coming out so far that is worthy of the Raptor Killer title. Hmm. It's going to be that good. Of the engine alone. I want to tell you more. Oh, but I... Uh, this is like the 10th one this show. Embargo. There's Come a lot on. of truck news coming. I can't... I just... It's... I can't. If you had to guess, yes, what do you think this truck will cost, the TRX? Uh, I think it won't be as expensive as people think. I think you'll be able to get into Where it. Where will it be compared to a fully loaded Raptor? It'll be comparable. Oh, really? I bet I bet you will get into it somewhere in the- 70s? High 70s, low 80s. Okay. And I bet you'll be able to top it out over 100 with full options and stuff. When will you be driving one? Uh, we'll let you know. When I know. Oh, really? Okay, so it hasn't happened yet. I'm just saying it's going to be cool. What the hell was up with that Super Bowl commercial? The Hummer commercial? Yes. The electric Hummer commercial? The 1,000-horsepower GMC Hummer, which I don't know how I feel about that. So teaser commercials went up last week, Yeah. and it was like they would compare... Uh, something with a loud engine, a sports car, whatever, and then they would go to a segment of silence. Right. Right. And they would play a motorcycle peeling out and then a, a moment of silence to to say, like, yeah. you're going to get all this power, but with silence. So what I want to ask is, why why even bring the brand back? Has it is it because it has been in purgatory and this is the way of, like, righting the past wrongs or what? Because... I don't like the mixing of the brands. I don't like it being a GMC Hummer. I think it could have been a hundred other things. And then you almost wonder like, okay, what if Hummer becomes the new poster child for excess? Because it was the poster child for excess back when it was gas powered. Do you really need a thousand horsepower? At what point do the eco freaks come in and say, well, that's too much power. That truck's not efficient. You're sucking too much from our solar, our grid, our grid. <laughs> you can't do that. I need air conditioning or whatever. I, I don't like. My whole point is, no, like, I don't like think the no. eco freaks have a limit. Uh, that's what I'm saying. I think they, as long as they're it's electricity, lying, you can suck the grid dry. Nope, nope, no way, no way. Somebody will be offended by it. There are Hummer haters that are lying in wait, and they are going to come out of the woodwork when this thing comes out. Now, wait a second. How can they be? So if I'm in a board meeting and someone says, "Guys." The Hummer trademark is about to expire. We need yeah. to do something. We have yeah. to renew it. And the only way to renew it is to sell a Hummer got across I understand state that. line. Okay. And we got to, let's do one. So what would be so radical? Right. We, 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 we were the gross from blue, a branding, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, yeah. You know. From a branding perspective, it's great. Everybody wants to see a new, improved Hummer that's gone through purgatory and is now environmentally friendly. But but the reality is, is 
What happens when somebody comes out and goes, you're wasting our precious electricity? I don't think that'll happen. Uh, I disagree. Mm. There's People are going to hate on the brand. I think there are people that will tie Hummer and it'll be a black guy for GM. I think it's rad. I think a lot of people, like a thousand horsepower truck and electric, it's interesting, right? Like I think that's something that is eyebrow raising. Zero to 60 and 2.9, is that what it was? Something like something that. Something ridiculous. Yeah. I just don't know. I don't like the the mixing of the brands. Will it be as big as a? Will it be small like the H three? No, it's will big. It, be, like, it seems like to be H1? like a. Oh, I mean, we haven't seen it, but right. it, from all the pictures and stuff, it would appear to be a full size truck. So is this GM's new truck? And then what happens when GMC dealers get it, but Chevy dealers don't? And then Chevy needs an electric truck. Will there be a Chevy Silverado that's electrified like the F one fifty, or will they get a version of the Hummer? Or is it like? The difference between a Corolla hybrid and a Prius, where this one is all about the image and the other one is all about just practicality. So maybe you get a boring old Chevy Silverado with the, you know, E-Train in it, and then the Hummer is like the wazoo, like make a statement. But then again, I wonder, is it, the, it going to backfire because Hummer haters come out of the woodwork and start shining a light on, uh, you know, waste of electricity? But so I thought that Hummer haters were the eco-freaks that used it as the poster child for uh, environmental, environmental damage. Environmental damage. Thank you. Yes. But By now the way, there is no environmental damage. No, that's wrong. I, You're not pulling. But there's nowhere have, that's 100% natural, clean energy. But then they have to Unless com- you have a nuke plant. But then they have to come after a Prius. They have I, to come Exactly. After, but they won't. But what if it's all about the batteries? What if it's all about- They won't. The, the, the rare earths that come from, you know, their strip mine and other the, parts the of the minerals. World. No, it's- No, they won't. They will be upset that the brand has been resurrected, but they can't be upset at electric. They can't. Six five seven two zero five sixty one zero five. I'm just curious. I don't know. I'm on this one. Uh, it came out in, and you have to understand that I I the Hummer will always have a soft spot with me. And to the listener that emailed me and said, "How long <laughs> would it take for me to bring it up?" I'm not even gonna. I'm not even gonna go there. Just Hummer. I, there's, we got history there, and I remember what it was supposed to be, what it was, and um, I'm not sure if this doesn't qualify as a bastardization of the brand. I mean, from a buzz creation standpoint, it's brilliant, right? But the headlines will write themselves. But is it sustainable messaging or will it burn out fast? That's I what I'm know. saying. I, I, I don't know. There are guys in guys and gals in boardrooms having these discussions at GM trying to figure this well, out. Well, the other side of it is I think e-trucks are perfect for a fleet, a day driver. But they're not great for most people how they use your, their trucks towing a bunch of horses cross-country or something like that, right? Obviously, there's a precipitous drop in efficiency when you have big loads and things like that. And I saw a piece, I think Ray had maybe emailed us, um, and I'll have to find it in our emails, where he said somebody did an analysis and said to get the range that, I want to say that Tesla was promising out of their Cybertruck, the batteries would have to weigh as much as an F-150. Hmm. Like five thousand pounds to have in current battery technology. So unless there's not unless there's a, a step forward in battery tech and and energy density, each of those steps for having that additional range and capacity come with a penalty of weight. So I would imagine at some point you're getting diminishing returns. So it's just I I I get it for I think it makes a lot more sense as a semi, as a day truck, as a fleet, all those things. Buses, I think that all makes sense. But for the average guy who is doing truck things, 
I'm not, so, I'm not sold yet. It'd be interesting because I don't know if the average truck guy who's doing truck things does and lives the way that you and I think he does. Maybe, but here's the other thing. You know, it appears to be a heavy-duty truck, so you've got, you know, Lordstown Motors and Atlas, If you and then you've got the consumer stuff that seems to be a little lighter-duty like Rivian and Tesla and Bollinger, but where are you going to fight for market share? Not one of these trucks has been produced, and it's already the most competitive segment in automotive, right? Like, there's 20 people who are starting up tr- electric truck companies, yeah. and nobody's made one yet, and there seems like to be, uh, there's a new story every day. It's going to be an interesting uh, experiment to see if people care. Uh, I think they will, Is based it, on the Cybertruck. Re- uh, didn't they? Didn't they get three hundred thousand reservations for the Cybertruck? Uh, who knows? Because I heard there were double reservations, yeah. and you know, people like you that don't count and stuff like that. <laughs> <laughs> well, on that note, I think we should wrap up this segment. <laughs> <laughs> Would you say we've discharged this segment? Oh. <laughs> All right, uh, let's get into some interesting uh, Nissan stuff. I, I say, uh, well, let's call this segment uh, Truck Review. Truck Review! Yeah! Roll the coal and dragon truck nuts! <laughs> now, were you dragging truck nuts? <laughs> no, not, not in this particular uh not, trip. not not in this trip, no. No, Nissan would not be no. thrilled with you uh, rolling out with a set of uh, chrome, chrome, chrome <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> nuts. But uh, the uh, the Titan XD could certainly uh, <laughs> haul them if we Do needed you to. Remember that we did a huge segment. That was our, 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 our first... very no, our very first. Oh, it was episode yeah. number one. Yeah, it was the uh, the history of the rise and fall, <laughs> the rise and fall of truck nuts. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, you know, it's funny. I was looking on uh, Facebook. I was kind of proud of that. We called it. I always thought that we were always going to have more of an investigative journalist part and tell these historical stories and stuff. That fell apart right away. We just never did it because we never have enough time. But I, I plan on doing it. I still have like like visions of us doing it. You can't you have visions of us doing a toe episode and that's never happened. <laughs> that will happen. I no, swear not. to God. I swear it's to God. It's not going to happen. Oh. We'll have Gail Banks on a third time before we have a toe episode. <laughs> How dare you? How dare you? Yeah. So I was going through uh, my Facebook today and it popped up that on this exact date 2 years ago we recorded the very first episode of the Truck Show podcast. Is that true? Yeah. 107 episodes ago. Oh my god. I cannot believe you've lasted this long. Yeah, well, well that's true. Us. <laughs> so uh, the Titan XD is uh, what I had a chance to drive, also the regular Titan. Um, and uh, we're talking about its capacity to carry the truck nuts, 2,450 <laughs> pounds of payload. Now, wait a minute. How many truck nuts would that be if they're made out of brass they, and then chrome yeah, I don't know how much they weigh. Okay. <laughs> I have no idea. Okay. Uh, and the maximum towing, 11,040 pounds, but... I know that sounds, people are like, well, you know, that, that the number's not that exciting, maybe. If you look at it from the experience of towing, it's a great truck. Super stable, super quiet, super capable. That new 9-speed transmission feels great. Um, 400 horsepower on premium, 413 pound-feet of torque. I really liked it. Uh, if you like the current XD, this one's that much better. Has the big 9-inch screen on it, which is spectacular. Unlike the GM products where the driver information screen is, like, really nice, dark, and inky, and then the display, you know, for your head unit is like the white balance and contrast is all thrown off. The Nissan display is much like the Ram where it's really dark blacks and really crystal clear. It's similar to your iPhone. I would say so, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's, it's, it's as crisp. It looks great in the truck. The only thing about it I didn't like is the camera isn't super high definition for the, like the reverse camera. Mm-hmm. So the image isn't super clear. Okay. If they upgraded that camera, it would be unbelievable on that screen. 
I haven't found really many cameras at all that are really high res. Yeah. And they're not, you know, they, they, sh- they, should be. they could be 1080p and they're, yeah. they're not because the cameras are probably cheap. I just don't know. I guess maybe they're they're buying a million of them. So they just kind of. They just change. get, yeah. Whatever. And they're like, as long as you can see a kid exactly. on a tricycle rolling by, you're okay. Right. So the, the Titan XD has been repositioned. So no more regular cab, no more king cab, and no more two wheel drive. Really? So Why? They're, they're only going to offer the new Titan XD in a crew cab 4x4. Uh, and clearly, yes, we know what we the know top what's seller. Yeah. Right, absolutely. So they wanted to get more focused on it. The Titan XD S crew cab 4x4 will start at 44.580 and will go all the way up to the Platinum Reserve at 61.690, basically with all the options on it. So if you're looking at a Nissan Platinum Reserve yep. versus, say, a Silverado, mm-hmm. you're talking about a fifteen, what, a ten, fifteen thousand dollar difference? Uh, depending on which model. Well, if and you're all getting that kind of fully loaded to fully loaded, yeah. So you can get like high, mid to high sixties with the American trucks. Here's what's interesting about the XD: it's approximately seventeen hundred more uh, than a Titan. You know, you get seventeen hundred dollars. But they're not the, the way they're positioning it is is rather than trying to explain the white space of like a heavy half ton, what they're saying is this is our um, this is our towing package. So essentially, you might go into a competing manufacturer and you may say, "I want the towing package," and you might get a trailer brake controller, or it might be separate. You might get slightly bigger brakes or not no bigger brakes at all. You might get heavy duty springs, but the chassis stays the same. You might get um, a gooseneck in certain models. Uh, but not not all of them. Mm-hmm. The Titan XD gives you all of it. Gives you all of it. But what's better is it actually gives you bigger brakes, a completely different chassis, bigger rear end, um, longer bed, integrated gooseneck, all for seventeen hundred bucks. So if you look at it as rather than the outright towing numbers, so let's say if you're going to tow twelve thousand pounds, this truck can do it, but it's above its rating, probably not the truck for you. If you're going to tow ten thousand pounds. It's a hell of a choice because it's heavier than the standard Titan. It's a um, lot of value, a lot of capability, and for seventeen hundred bucks, it's actually cheaper than if you were to get all of those same boxes of what's offered on a competitor's tow package. So it's sort of interesting how they're positioning it. So I'm thinking like ten thousand pounds is what a smaller travel trailer, like a twenty. Well, that's a big trailer, like a twenty-six foot or something like no, that. Trailer, trailers weigh a lot less than they used to, and okay. it's now you know like a really decent sized travel trailer, like a double axle, 30 oh, plus, so like but it's 30. like 75, 8,000 8, pounds. Okay. So, I mean, that's a 10,000 pounds. People don't realize that's a big load. Like that's a, that's a pretty sizable trailer for the average person to tow. I know there's guys who are hot shots towing 35,000 pounds and semi-truck drivers and all that. But for the average guy who tows maybe once a month, 10,000 pounds is a big trailer. Yeah. Uh, the other thing is uh, there's a whole bunch of additional safety and tech that comes standard on the Titan, whereas in a lot of the other vehicles, the competitors, you have to go up $10,000 or more to get certain trims and stuff where all the stuff comes totally included on the uh, on the Titan. So I did an interview with uh, Kevin Raftery, who is our friend over at Nissan, who will be replacing Wendy. He's been working with her for several years now, and he's going to be our new uh, truck guy. So uh, we sat down and you know did a quick interview about the new XD. All right, so uh, I'm standing out here with Kevin Raftery, and uh, Kevin is uh, the PR guy who uh, oversees Nissan's truck program. And we just had a great couple of days here in Mississippi and Louisiana with the new 2020 Titan XD. And um, you know, there's a few changes to it. I thought we might go over, and you could uh, you could tell our audience sort of the new philosophy of the truck and some of the new stuff. Yeah, sure. Thanks for having me, Sean. Appreciate it. Um, so as as we've discussed, there's a lot new on the 2020 Titan and Titan XD. Um, it does have, first off, the most standard uh, 
power tech and safety in its class so what does that mean exactly it means that every every model from the base model s on up is loaded with our nissan safety shield 360 the s grade comes with our eight inch touchscreen and uh of course the tech as well apple, Car apple carplay android auto standard on every model so that's really where we start and then on the exterior and, and interior um, both new inside and out so so plenty to talk about and of course we're here with the xd with this trip um, and the xd is a it's a unique truck and one that that takes some explaining for some people sure to understand as i i know you know and you guys have kind of changed the philosophy on it so we'll just go over real quick 400 horsepower and 413 pound feet of torque on yep. premium you can run 87 if you want Standard Nissan Safety Shield 360, 8-inch color uh, display with a 7-inch uh, uh, DIC. America's best truck warranty still, 5-year, 100,000-mile warranty. That's right. The Titan is starting at the S-grade 36190 uh, for two-wheel drive and on the for King Cab and then on the Crew Cab 38890. But what's really interesting is when we go to the, uh, the simplified lineup, especially for XD, no more diesel, no more king cab, no more regular cab. You guys are just making crew cab four by fours. And so yes. crew cab four by four starts with an S grade at 43,590 and tops out at a platinum reserve 61,690, pretty much with no options available. And you guys have, in addition to the big sunroof and the optional nine inch screen, which by the way is gorgeous. I um, love that it's screen. It's such a great screen. The Fender audio, you still have the zero gravity seats. Um, yep. and all that stuff. and the fact that the safety shield is is standard there's a lot of things that come if for example if you wanted to get rear automatic braking on your truck it's standard on the Titan the f-150 doesn't even offer it if you wanted lane departure warning you have to spend 57,000 on the f-150 blind spot 42,000 uh, an Apple CarPlay Android Auto 37,000 8 inch touchscreen 37,000 on the f-150 v8 yep. whereas Titan you get all that at 36,190 you can make the similar comparison across Ram and Chevy and the reality is is that you guys are offering just a ton of standard equipment on a really nice truck yeah absolutely and it's important when looking at the pricing to understanding you know when you're comparing trims and which cab you're talking about it can get a little confusing in the fact you know since we don't have the single cab offering this year obviously the starting price is a little bit higher sure. with the king cab so it's not an apples apples to apples comparison there but but yeah the value that you get in this truck um, we really believe is second to none and then you uh, go into the same Were you standing on the freeway? Automatic emergency <laughs> <braking with laughs> no, definitely on a, rear automatic on a, on a little street in Monroe, Louisiana. Departure okay. warning, blind spot warning, rear cross traffic alert, uh, eight airbags. And then what's also interesting, you guys have added adaptive cruise control, but you have yep. the intelligent um, version of it on the Nissan with intelligent braking. And it actually is the same version on some of the cars, I think Altima, yep. where it can see two cars ahead of you and be able to help you anticipate not the car in front of you stopping, but cars much ahead of you, which means that you got a, a really safe product. Yeah, absolutely. You're covered in all angles. Um, and the intelligent cruise control that you mentioned too is, is an awesome feature, especially for road trips. I took this truck on a road trip a couple weeks ago and it makes a world of difference, especially if you're in traffic for a while, because it'll keep you a safe distance from the truck or vehicle in front of you. Um, while staying at that same speed throughout, and it really makes a road trip so much better. We road trip from Nashville all the way down to uh, Mississippi is about six and a half hours, and you know, phenomenally quiet. The 5.6 sounds great. The new nine-speed transmission, which we haven't touched on yet, is phenomenal. Uh, we towed some pretty big loads. Uh, towing is 11,040 pounds on the XD, yep. and you might think, okay, well, how does that fit in? And, and 
what's interesting is you guys have positioned it a little bit different. Rather than trying to describe the white space where it right. fits the right guy who might have a 7,500 or 8,000 pound trailer, doesn't need a full heavy duty, but a light duty doesn't give him enough confidence. You guys are now treating it like your um, towing package. And so what's kind of cool right. is you may go to a different manufacturer and get a towing package. You might get a bigger radiator and you might get uh, you know, a trailer brake controller and you might get um, you know, the seven pin wiring. With the XD, for less than what you would pay for all these options on the competition, about 1700 bucks, um, the XD takes the same cab, a foot longer bed from the regular Titan, you add a full length, fully boxed ladder frame, a much bigger rear differential, heavy duty brakes that go from 14.2 inches in the front to 14.4, uh, heavy duty suspension, integrated gooseneck hitch, <laughs> gives you 1600 pounds more towing than the titan and 750 pounds more payload so essentially you're getting an entire truck upgrade with the xd for yeah. your towing package yeah absolutely i, I mean we're, we're well aware that if you just look at a spec sheet in the number of eleven thousand, we're not we're not blowing away the competition sure with a number like that um but we're okay with that it's it's more than just the towing number um it's it's the confident feel that you get when you're towing with this truck and i think hopefully you saw that yesterday when yeah. towing with the different trailers um and at a great value Thank too and, and a truck that is it's a big uh, truck yeah. but it's yeah. it's just a little bit bigger than a half ton which makes it a lot more maneuverable around the city and it rides almost as good as the regular titan we were in a lot of it our time was spent in the pro 4x with the bill steins and it was phenomenal i mean we we're going down the freeway with the with trailers in tow and a lot of trucks you know will sag a lot in the back yeah. and you don't have as much uh, wheel travel as your axles hitting the bump stops right with the titans set up proper properly to tow it was you didn't even feel the trailer back there i mean the the five six with the uh with the nine speed by the way with i believe with the nine speed you actually get a lower differential gear ratio because of the spread so you yep, have a little more pow pulling power off the line so overall super impressive i know there's a lot of people out there who love the xd who own the xd i know there's people who you know are a little bit disappointed that you aren't offering the diesel anymore and we understand that but absolutely at the end of the day it's a great truck it's a great option that everybody should take a look at especially again warranty five year hundred thousand mile all the safety Nissan's always had a great value, but you're not giving up on the quality of the truck with that value price. You're getting right. a very competitive truck that is the right truck for the you know a certain customer. It'll be the perfect fit, and you're getting it at a, a reasonable price. Once they get in and give it a chance, you know we know there's a good there's a good chance they're going to buy in that truck. Well, I, I hope everybody heads over to their local Nissan dealer, uh, NissanUSA.com. Check out the new Titan and Titan XD. I was really impressed. Again, we had a chance to do a lot of freeway driving, a lot of towing with it, and uh, hopefully uh, our listeners go out and test drive one and they're as, as impressed as I am. But with all the tech, the big screen, CarPlay, you know, all that stuff, it's it's, uh, it's definitely something you should look at. So uh, support the Truck Show podcast and support our friends over at Nissan and go drive an XD. Because, by the way, the zero gravity seats, yes. clutch. Very comfortable. Yes, thanks so much, Sean. Appreciate right. it. Appreciate it. Thanks, Kevin. So anyway, uh, after spending some time with the Titan XD, I'm a, I'm a fan. Plus the new styling's cool, all the LED lighting on the outside, the uh, new look to the signature lighting and the tail lights. And what's the color of the LED, if you don't mind me asking? Is it is it the bright white or is it the bluish hue? No, 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 it's all bright white. Okay, yeah, no, it, it doesn't cool. look blue at all. It's very very well done. Headlights are awesome on it. Um, and again, those I can't say enough about how comfortable the zero gravity seats are. I mean, just 
like unbelievable. How did they change them? I mean, other than they I didn't. Know, they're awesome. Don't oh, change oh, really? them. They didn't even change no the piping or any of that. Uh, there's some different colors and things like that, but the seat itself is the same. Okay, just go freaking drive a Titan and enjoy the seats, I mean, man. <laughs> and the truck is just so quiet. It's just a, a great, great highway ride. So, so as jealous as I am about you driving the truck and spending time down there, yeah. It really is kind of salt in the wound <laughs> that you ate like a freaking pig, and apparently no, 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 not, like, not pig, a king. I, no, you ate like a pig. A I know king. you. All right, a king that is a pig. A king and, that is awesome. And so, how did you end up having a very expensive meal? Like a was it seventeen, um, eighteen courses? I heard. Yeah, the first night was ten. Ten courses. The second night was eighteen. Are you kidding? I'm me? not kidding. I'm do not you, kidding. Do you still feel bloated? Um. I, it was. Where did you eat? Uh, okay. Whose who's meal? How did this happen? Yeah, yeah. So uh, Chef Corey Barr, who mm-hmm. was on the fruitcake episode and told us it was okay to eat the fruitcake. Yeah, is the one who was our um, our host. What was what's his restaurant? A parish okay. in Monroe, Louisiana. Okay, and uh, it's, it's this cool building, uh, Monroe was actually, believe it or not, was a center for industry. A lot of companies were built there. So this is probably and, an old brick building? Uh, yeah, and people have moved out of town. And so he decided, uh, so so a little background on Corey. He won Chopped. He was a runner-up on the Food Network Star, and he beat Bobby Flay. So he's, oh, le- okay. he's a legitimate okay. chef. And I have had the pleasure of cooking for him, and I have had the pleasure of eating his food. And his food would play anywhere in Los Angeles or New York at the finest restaurants. Corey is a down-home Southern guy. And he went back to his hometown to help revitalize and has his restaurant there. So in Louisiana, you can have world-class food right there in, in Monroe. And it was, it was fantastic. So I tried to take all these pictures. You may have seen on my Instagram of our 18-course meal. And, and Corey is like, listen, um, Nissan you know, obviously wanted all the journalists to go out to dinner. He's a Nissan Titan ambassador. That's why he's on these Nissan programs. But he spent a lot of his own money above and beyond whatever his deal with Nissan was. There's no way Nissan paid for what we got. Okay. Because he's like, you're in my house, in my hometown. That's bitch. I'm going to I'm gonna yeah. give you everything I have. Oh, first, when I got there, Corey knew I was coming. And at my place setting- And he remembered who you were? Oh, yes. We're, we're <laughs> actually, we actually are friends. Okay. He actually had, at my place setting, on the left, one of the best old fashions I've ever had. And on the right of my plate- Yeah. An ice-cold glass Dr. bottle Pepper. of Dr. Pepper. I knew it. Come on. <laughs> so here's a picture of it. Check that out. Uh, let me take a look at your phone. Sure enough, yep. a bottle of Dr. Pepper right yep. there. And an old-fashioned. Old All right. Wow. So uh, then we had- like, I went to Emerald's one time. And so yeah. I was with this guy named Chris, and he was- Emerald's where? Chef. In Vegas? No. In, uh, in, in New Orleans. In New Orleans. The real, so in Nolens. That was one of the things I was going to say. He could have sold out, Corey, could have sold out and had his name on a Vegas restaurant a casino. But he hasn't done that. Sure. You know, like he's true to himself and his in his community, which is really So cool. this my only time ever having a very expensive meal yeah. is as this woman at the radio station uh, was dating Chris and he was the sous chef at the Emeralds in Vegas. Okay. Okay. But he was gonna go back to New Orleans where he got his start working okay. for Emerald Lagasse. Yeah. Emerald Lagasse. And so he was gonna fly back there and and Madeline, this woman, sales girl at, at K Rock, was gonna go and meet him there. And she's like, Hey, I'm gonna go out there. You wanna you wanna I had always wanted to go to New Orleans, had never been. Um, I had been for a Super Bowl, but I didn't get to go downtown and do the whole thing. So I flew out there. I brought my my girlfriend, who's now my wife, and scared the crap out of her because it was our second date. I said, <laughs> oh, oh, we're going to we're New going to New Orleans, and she went, okay, oh, yeah, you yeah. creepy stalker. Yeah, they'll do it, dude. Just freaked her out. <laughs> but so we go, and the second night we're there, we go to Emerald Lagasse's restaurant. We have to put on a suit. And was the whole Emerald thing. there? 
Uh, Emeril was not there, but Chris was at our table, and he was the sous chef. Right. And so the new sous chef, because he had left to go start the one in Vegas. But so he's there. It's just the four of us at this table. So the new new sous chef, it was his job to impress the former sous chef at my table. So you guys had it good. So it was crazy. We went. I don't recall how many courses it was, but I'm not a big wine drinker. I just remember that they left all the wine glasses there yeah. uh, to pay tribute to all the <laughs> uh, you know the food you killed. Yeah. And it was incredible. I know that our tip, yeah, our tip was 1700. Oh my god. $1700. So, I don't know Four people. I don't know what this meal costs. Yeah. But I know it was great. Okay, so how about pork rinds? How about pork rinds seasoned and fresh in catfish, like a, like tuna salad, like you put on a sandwich of catfish, with fresh whole grain mustard and trout roe? It was amazing. I don't even know what that would taste how like. How about Brussels sprouts that you would actually eat? No, I love Brussels sprouts. These, because you know the secret with Brussels sprouts, why people hate them. Because they're too sour. No, no, no. Yeah, when you, cook, when you cook them a certain way, the acid the comes, acid out, comes yeah. out. It makes them taste like butt. Yeah. Uh, not at Corey's place. So uh, did you get to a point where when we were at Emeralds, when we were finished, uh, Chris had to take the napkin. A white flag? And had to white <laughs> no. flag it. We no, had to white flag people it. People were starting. Say, we're no. done, we're done. We're at like number plate seven and okay. people are starting to fade. Corey's like, oh, hell no. <laughs> uh, there's more coming. And people are like, what? All right, how about Hawaiian prawns fried? That's not for me. Uh, okay, all right. Yeah. All right. How about fresh and dewy sausage gumbo? Uh, all about it. Okay. All about it. All right. How about a fresh iceberg wedge salad oh, oh, with yes. homemade bacon and ranch on it? Every time. And pork rinds for crunch. So in. All right. Damn it, you're making me hungry. Hold on, hold on. How about- Did you say pork rinds on the top? Yes. Yeah, okay. yeah. Here's a picture of okay. the wedge with pork rinds. This is the Truck Show podcast, yeah. right? Or is it Food Network? No, what people, are we doing People here? know I love food. Yeah. Oh, God. Hell, that does that look good? good? Okay. All right. Check. Hold on. Oh, jeez. All right. How about fresh pasta that he made that day in his kitchen- with a beef bolognese, and then he does a white version of that, and then he did another one with a braised duck. So it's like pasta okay. three ways. With, yeah. with, by the yeah. way, yeah. like 40-month-old aged Parmesan cheese. Not the stuff from the little green craft bottle, right? right? <laughs> but like, but like you could taste the Parmesan when he put it on. Wow. All right. Here's Corey holding the, uh, the, the pasta. Okay. So he's doing He's holding it out at the camera. Yeah. Very 3D-esque here. Uh-huh. Oh, wow, that's cool. Yeah, that's great. Look All at right. this. Look at these dishes on top of dishes. Oh, hold on, hold on. Look at your face yeah, in that hold, shot right yeah, there. Yeah, hold on, hold on. Look at how fat you look. Oh, thank you. <laughs> All right, this was the highlight. This was the star of the meal. What the hell is that? Okay, this is A5 grade Wagyu beef. Okay, let me see this. That he knew I was coming. This is rare. See, I can't well, eat, hold on. eat this rare. Let, hold on, let me, let me okay. walk you through it. That he... Marinated in Dr Pepper syrup. <laughs> of course, of that, course. That stuff, Why wouldn't he? That stuff is like thirty cents and or uh, thirty dollars an ounce. An ounce. Okay, so what he did was he smoked it to rare on his smoker, came in and carved it, then tossed it and flash grilled it, and he had the best horseradish I've ever had—a horseradish cream that was folded in with creme fraiche, so it was super smooth and just all flavor. I mean, in Dr. Pepper, seriously. And in season. I I don't know what to say. Hold on, hold on. Not truffle oil 
real black truffles that he carved at table side. <laughs> oh my god. He's like pulls out of his pocket a freaking black truffle. So anybody who knows about cooking knows black truffles are not I mean that's a treat. How about a uh, Hawaiian opa? Fish. I don't, need, I don't oh, even know oh, opa oh, fish. Amazing. Okay. Yeah, I'm not a fish guy. Okay. How about um how about a uh, Are we still talking about your meal? Yes, we're not through all the courses. <laughs> oh my god. How about this amazing cauliflower? I hope you guys haven't tuned uh, out. I mean, uh, How about a white bean soup? <laughs> yeah. As one of the sides. How about the best macaroni and cheese with bacon and whatever else he had in there I've ever had? Is the trick that these portions are so Look small? Look at that. No, they're not small. It was done family style. Oh my god. These are not and I I jokingly said, "Corey, you're just going to give us like little portions, right? Like gourmet?" Because I, I, you know, I'm a guy that likes to eat. He just laughed because oh, you just wait. And I'm thinking, what is these little mic? No, it was like full meal size. Uh, how about sweet potatoes? Sure, okay, uh, those were sure. those were pretty good side, right? How about twenty year old Graham's port wine with dinner? That wasn't cheap. How about Chambong? Have you heard of the Chambong? Nope. What is it? It's champagne that you it has the champagne and liquor that you. It has the flute is curved like a U, and it's open at the end, and you take it like a beer bong, one one big shot glass. <laughs> okay, so shambong. Did you get drunk? Uh, you must have been slaughtered. I don't know what you're talking about? No. How about dessert? Uh, what is that? That's Let me I see believe that. that's like a peanut butter pie with fresh chocolate ice cream. Oh my god, that looks good. It's marbled. Yeah. How about the How about oh. the lemon pie with fresh strawberry sorbet? Okay. Oh my god. How did you eat all this? <laughs> That's how, what I'm saying. How did you eat? Dude, all this I made food? I made room, guys. He hasn't you, even touched the other. Like, there's so many other photos in his phone. Yeah. So this, this is, is ridiculous. Like, I'm all telling right. you, this is a culinary adventure. How about bananas, Foster? Look at that. That's Dude. what goes on your YouTube channel, <laughs> Sean Holman's culinary adventure. Oh, that's what it is. All right, and then just to to round it out, sure. Corey brings out this this Graham's port, which is really nice port wine. Right, it's 20 years old. It's 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 expensive stuff. Right. And he knows I'm a bourbon guy, so he brings over uh, William uh, Laurel Weller, right? So W.L. Weller, which is a really well-known, high-end, in almost any restaurant you'd ever go, it's the top-shelf bourbon. And we had some of that, and it was fan-freaking-tastic. What would that cost me? Uh, I want to say bottles are over $2,000 a bottle. <laughs> bottles are over, like, uh, $2,000 a bottle. Uh. Okay, but then Corey pulls me aside, and he goes, come here. And he walk over to his bar, which is in a different room of the restaurant. He goes to his bartender, grab that. And he points to the top of his bar near the ceiling. His bartender literally crawls on the counter, is standing on the counter because these are tall ceilings, reaches for a velvet bag. And, Does it have a logo on it? And No. Not that I can tell. So this it's is not dark. Crown Royal in the purple no. bag? <laughs> no, this is okay. much, uh, like, eight or nine shelves higher than Crown. Okay. Did it have lasers in front of it um, so you couldn't? Pre- yeah, pretty much. Yeah. How about 23-year-old Pappy Von Winkle bourbon? Never heard of it. That's like $5,000 a bottle. Oh. <laughs> and he goes, <laughs> your computer is freaking out. And Corey says to me, and I go, Corey, don't waste this on me. Like, my palate doesn't deserve this. He goes, you're you're a friend. You're I'm. I want to pull out all the stops. I want you to have a good time. You're not going to share this glass. He's handing you cash, dude. Liquid cash. So then liquid I, gold. So then I mentioned to him. I said, you know, this night's perfect. The food's been amazing. The libations out of this world. Literally, not kidding. The best meal I've ever had in my entire life. Now does he ask you to come back to his room for a nightcap? Nope. <laughs> I said, if only we had cigars. No. Just, 
He doesn't. Just off the cuff. And I walk outside to the, his fire pit, and I'm just out there drinking my bourbon, going, this is amazing. And Corey disappears for like 15 minutes. And it's like, hey, anybody seen Corey? They're like, oh, he, he went somewhere. Corey returns with a Perdomo 20th anniversary cigar, which is not a cheap stick. Hands one out to a bunch of people. Apparently... He called the guy that owns, so I looked at my phone, I was going to go to the cigar shop in town, which is like a mile from his place. It closes at 6, this is now 8pm or something, it's like, well, that sucks. He had the guy open up the shop? Woke him up out of bed, said, I have uh, guests in town, I need some cigars, can you meet me at the cigar shop? The guy, this is what's rad about a small town, goes to the cigar shop, hands him a bunch of Perdomos, brings it back, and now we're just out drinking his liquor and smoking his cigars (laughs) around a fire after the world's best meal, and I'm just sitting here going... Man, I feel special tonight. I will never have a meal that good again. Meanwhile, Lightning's at a skate park <laughs> with his kid. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, here, give me uh, give me the audio cable here. And I, I had a chance to uh, to interview our, our our friend Corey, so uh, we'll give him a little shout out because I don't know how to pay him back, other than to profusely say thank you, and I'm undeserving of this. So uh, anybody who's in that part of the country, whether you're in Arkansas or East Texas or West Mississippi or Louisiana. Go to Parish. That's his. Uh, that's his restaurant. But uh, hear from the man himself. You're a Titan ambassador. You do a lot with uh, with Nissan. You're here on this Nissan trip. But I wanted to talk about some of the other stuff that you do. So uh, let's talk about. Uh, okay, you got all famous. You beat Bobby Flay. <laughs> By the way, you should have won Food Network Star, and that other guy should. No, that's just me personally. I'm not throwing any shade. Yes, I am. <laughs> anyway, and then you blew up, and most chefs go to like Vegas or New York or L.A. There's a hotbed of culinary activity here in Monroe, Louisiana. Well, yeah, Sean. First off, thanks, man. I had a great time talking about fruitcakes with you, but you're here in my hometown, (laughs) and we are in the northeast corner of Louisiana, and a lot of people may think of this as occupied Arkansas, but it's home to me. (laughs) Uh, You know, and and you're right, man. I'm a homeboy, and I was raised here. This is where I want to be, and, you know, when we... We, we want to put our creativity to work. We want to do it right here at home. And to have all of y'all here on this great Titan adventure at our restaurant, Parish in downtown, was just, it's a blast for us. To show you what we do and really bring you into our house. I mean, you showed me more than what you just did. What you do. I think we had every protein known to man last night. It was like an 18-course meal. And, uh, I mean, everything from amazing fresh tuna um, all the way to you made a special treat that, that I really appreciate it. Let's talk about that for a minute. Yeah, let, let's talk about the Dr. Pepper cured <laughs> A5 Wagyu ribeyes. Yeah. By the way, this is why we can be friends. <laughs> so, you know, everybody knows, or at least everybody should know, that Sean here loves some Dr. Pepper. So we took some A5 Imperial Wagyu, rubbed it down with herb salt and a Dr. Pepper syrup concentrate, cured it in the cooler, let it air dry for about three days, then we smoked it to rare on our Lang smoker with some local hardwood. So that was for you. Sean. By the way, that thing was aged since when? Uh, it was killed December the 3rd, so it's been <laughs> wet aging that whole time. And then to top it all off, we carved it table side, hit it with some whipped horseradish and some fresh shaved black truffles. Okay, so so I had a meal last night that, by the way, A5 Wagyu goes for like $30 an ounce or something like that. Yeah. I mean, it's, like, it's like an ounce, people, <laughs> not a pound, an ounce. Like it, It's incredible, the marbling, the taste. Oh, uh, yeah. Then Corey goes ahead and like does it one better by marinating it in Dr. Pepper, and then makes this creme fraiche, fresh horseradish, which is like the best horseradish I've ever had, and then on top of all that, puts black truffles on top of it. Yeah. 
Seriously. I, I know, man. But you know, we had like there eight desserts last night, too. <laughs> <before us. laughs> well, you know, and then we finished it off with some uh, 23 year old Pappy Van Winkle. Yes, we did. Uh, some 18 year old Scotch. And 20 year old port. Yeah, 20 year old port. Some 21 year old uh, William LaRue Weller. I mean, right, if we, you're anywhere around Monroe, Louisiana, go to Parrish and look at the, uh, the bar. His top shelf is like eight shelves above the bottom shelf, <laughs> and there's crap up there that is literally in like velvet bags. And and Corey goes, "Come here, we're gonna come. Just don't tell yeah, anybody." Uh, and we uh, go walking sh- over, and tells his bartender, pull, "Pull out that one." And he comes down, and Pappy comes down in a in a velvet bag, and you can see his <laughs> wife Whitney sort of in the corner, sort of giving us the stink eye. Yeah, like, don't, don't say anything. Just just, just share this with me very very quietly <laughs> right over here me and you and then we had uh, you were able to wake up the local purveyor of cigars because we realized yep. it would be a perfect night for cigars and you disappeared literally your shop was closed you woke him up and you brought back some Perdomo 20th anniversaries yep big shout out to Friday Ellis also running for mayor here in Monroe Louisiana <laughs> governor cigars he gets out of bed and he's like I'm like listen I got my boys here he hands me a fistful of Perdomo's 20th he's like go handle business i'm like that's what hometown's all about i love it i i i've been wanting to come here ever since you opened up parish and uh man the hospitality last night the friendship and honestly i knew i knew it was going to be a good time when i sat at my play setting and there was an old-fashioned to the left and dr pepper in a glass <laughs> bottle cane sugar dr pepper on the right that's right man we love taking care of, i mean sean you're you're a great friend we met at the uh at the first annual because we're pushing for the second annual that's right titan meetup yep. and, and your passion for for food and a good time was infectious and, and we just like to repay that and you know this is about being friends you know yeah we're we're talking about the new 2020 xd and the new 20 2020 half ton titan but you know more so than just a physical truck it, it's connections it's friendship it's it's hospitality and graciousness and man that's what we really thrive on well this is the this is the truck industry right and a lot of our listeners they're gun guys and meat guys yep. and cigar guys yep. and, and bourbon guys and you know we were able to have that all in, in one night and honestly the best pretty meal, damn good think, fire you know, good fire best meal i've ever had i'm not even exaggerating so i just wanted to uh, say thank you give a shout out if you're in monroe you have to go see Corey at parish also where are we standing in front of this is a whole other thing oh yeah on. so uh we're we're downtown again and we're at my coffee shop standard coffee 523 to street always if you're in the area driving through on i-20 between dallas and birmingham stop off and say hi to mac or i might be in here or uh, who knows? Stop off and see us at Parish. And anytime you're in town, Sean, you got to come by and see us. Oh, dude, I I will make a trip if I'm in this part of the country again, and and I'm looking forward to hanging out with you when it's not just a big group where I can have a little more. Yeah, man. Time. I'm gonna I'm gonna jump in your backyard with you sometime, and we're gonna we're gonna knock back some uh, flaming Dr. Peppers Let's and some it. prime rib, brother. Oh, all right. I'll throw it on my smoker. It's not a lang, but uh, you know it'll work. It's charcoal and wood, so good enough. I think it's good, right? Yeah, man. Hey, you got to burn wood. I mean. These guys out here and their pellet smokers, that's cool and all. It's charcoal. It's all about charcoal. By the way, the pellet smokers, they get that, you get any condensation in the bag and you get mush and they're just, and you know, they run away from you. Get your smoker seasoned and then don't ever clean it. That's right. cooking. It's like the coffee pot at the office, man. Don't ever (laughs) wash it. It's going to train, it's going to change the flavor profile. But sometimes, I mean, you look at those pellets and you think that looks like rabbit food or something like that. Do you really want to cook your meat with rabbit food? Okay. So one last thing, because I have to, I have to make sure that this is publicly known. You told me 
Because we talked about this on the show, but my, obviously my love of barbecue and all that. You told me that I had one of the best cola-based barbecue sauces that you've ever had. Yeah, man. True uh, story? It, it is a true story. That wasn't just blowing smoke, man. That was, uh, you know, a lot of times people try to do something catchy. They got a Coca-Cola barbecue sauce or this, that, and the other. It's just too sweet. It's, it's no depth of flavor. Yours was a knockout, man. Lots of layers, lots of flavor. It complemented the meat, not overpowered it. So I thought, man, this guy. And, you know, to be honest, on my scorecards, <laughs> You know, you won your category, yeah. so. Okay, so here's the deal. All I want to do is win the stupid meetup in the brisket category because <laughs> I wanted to do one thing the rest of my life and say I have award-winning brisket. And I didn't get a chance to say that officially, but on your scorecard, can I say at least, if I can't say award-winning brisket, can I say Corey Bar approved brisket? That's it, man, always. I'd eat that seven days a week, brother. All right, we're done here. Thank you, Sean. <laughs> brother. God damn him for inflating your ego like it's never been inflated. That's not true at all. Oh, that is Lord. not true, except for Corey Barr proof brisket. <laughs> oh, just hold on. Let me stretch a little bit here. Oh, oh. Uh, so here, Nissan, thank you for hooking up my man Holman. And, that was amazing. Uh, I'm never going to forgive you. <laughs> <laughs> you email? Yeah. I email. Do it. going first me i'm going first okay. go for it all right Wait, hold on not that dancing oh uh, no the music's done <laughs> now you can keep going i don't know how to say this it's gonna there's no way i cannot be insulting <laughs> your belly uh, your uh, belly is bigger it is it is it is because i haven't <laughs> i haven't uh processed everything yet you're not a fat guy i mean you're not uh, a fat I'm guy. a little bit fat now <laughs> i mean a little, a little bit. bit fat now a little bit uh, that's uh, I, I uh, that was a great uh, meal. Yeah. To uh, to end uh, last year. How many <laughs> sticks of butter do you think was in all that food? All uh, of them. A hundred. <laughs> yeah, I mean all of them. Yeah, I I think he actually had to get an extra refrigerator. He had a uh, refrigerated tractor trailer uh, out back uh, just for the bu- the yeah, dairy butter. and the butter. Yeah. yeah. Uh, this one is from RB. What's up, RB? Uh, he says uh, mini truck meat in Bakersfield. Uh, he's got some other things in the uh, world's longest subject line here. Funny, referring to Lightning's comment that he'll get rooms at the Red Lion Inn, Tembler Brewery. Is just across the 99 freeway from Red Lion Inn in Bakersfield, a block east of Red Lion and across 99 and a couple of short blocks to the north. Also, if you're interested in expanding your horizons and touching base with more of the genuinely conservative, salt-of-the-earth citizens of California, the World Ag Expo. Yeah, By the way, it's, no, it's awesome, dude. The World Agricultural Expo runs February 11, 12, and 13, just one hour north of Bakersfield on the 99 freeway in Tulare. Yeah, Tulare. Uh, yep. Oh, Tulare. Yep. Sorry. I should Super. know that being in, yeah. Uh, you should, but but you're SoCal pompous, not Central California exactly. pompous. Uh, it's not a truck meet, although Ram and Toyota both have an official presence there, including ride and drive areas for both makes. Uh, but about 100,000 people visit the World Ag Expo <laughs> annually awesome, over the course of the three days, and here's a link. Uh, you'd also be astonished at the size, breadth, and variety of of ag-related technologies exhibited at the show. Since it runs the 11th through the 13th, and the mini-truck show runs 13th through the 16th, maybe the overlap is close enough to allow you to experience both. As long as you're up that way, by the way, if your kids dig heavy equipment and tractors, take them to the expo as well. Many of the exhibitors leave the cabs open, and anyone can climb up into the cabs to see what it's like to command a $500,000 cotton picker or grain harvester. Uh, Yes, 
And yes. By the way, uh, I had a chance to go once a long time ago, and it was unbelievable. You just walk around, and the machinery, I mean, it's it's just stupid. It's rad. Yeah. It's just uh, rad. I, Is that uh, a weekend? What is that? February uh, the, 11th? Well, the, the, so the 11th through... 13th is a weekend, which means that the Ag Expo happens during the week right oh, after. Yeah, yeah. So I don't know if I can get that many days off work. Oh, too bad. It's like I in the middle will, of the week. Man. I will try. RB, thank you very much for the heads up. Yep. Um, all right. Got this one here. It says, totally trucking pissed off. Uh-oh. This is from John Gamble. And he says, dear Lightning and SP Holman, I'm totally trucking. SP Holman? SP oh, Holman. Sean P. Holman, yeah. I'm totally trucking pissed off. Oh, no. I went to the San Jose car show and went to see your Nissan Titan, and they didn't even bring any pickups. Nothing with four-wheel drive. The marketing guy said they did not bring any trucks because they only brought what the local dealers wanted them to show. Can you professionals verify if this is true? Or is the Nissan marketing team just need their parameters remounted or just flat-out replaced? Yeah, that sucks. I like the taco. I thought the bison felt cheap by comparison. Would have liked to compare the Frontier, the four-door East Stang. Looks stupid. Uh, they should have named it the Gelding, so I forgot to look for it. <laughs> the old <laughs> Ranger. Uh, of the full size, it was the Ram all the way, and I've been seeing bow tie most of my life. Thanks for keeping uh, the show great and keeping it coming. And that was uh, John via Pony Express. And, yeah, sometimes uh, the smaller auto shows uh, that aren't the big city ones, the Detroits, the Los Angeles, they have a smaller uh, batch of cars, and usually it's the local dealers association that puts them on. So sometimes you're at the mercy of what they think they uh, people want to see out there because they have limited resources or limited room. Also, if you went to that show, it's the wind down and the transition from the 19s going into the 20s. And so I'm sure they didn't want to show you the 19s when the 20s weren't so ready So you had yet. a lot working against you up there, my friend. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But, but go uh, for the next one, and I, I bet you you'll see something there. Or, oh, 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 or to your local Nissan dealer. That's what you should do. That's the call. Uh, this one's titled Episode 105 from Lane Driver. Uh, so, hey there, Sean and Lightning. My name is Lane from South Dakota. I was listening to your show today, and I thought I should chime in on the tractor story. I'm not an expert on the subject, but it comes right back to repair laws and that the manufacturers refuse to let the owner of the tractors make repairs on their own. Yes, there are people that want to avoid the emissions and potential problems that come with it. But what the story doesn't address is that the newer machinery is impossible to work on yourself. It becomes frustrating when a simple fix turns into a several hundred dollar repair and the fact that it is out of commission until the dealer can come up to your farm. Older tractors can be fixed and put back into service without waiting on a dealer technician to hook it up to a computer. Love the show, guys, and I listen every week. Thank you. Uh, A lot of good points there. All right, uh, Dave M. wrote to us and says, Gary Busey almost ruined Gail Banks' episode for me. (laughs) Why? (laughs) He says, uh, first off, love the podcast. I started listening to a few months ago and switched between catching up on the old podcast and listening to new ones. While listening to number 104, Gail episode 2, I kept thinking of Gary Busey when I heard Gail's voice. Really? I mean, they sound pretty damn identical to me. Busey usually spews all kinds of crazy like the methed-out maniac, and I can't take anything he says seriously. It's like listening to a train wreck when Busey speaks. It's not Gail's fault that Busey sounds like him, but when Gail spoke, my brain battled to reconcile Gail's <laughs> genius with Busey's ramblings. <laughs> then at some point, I think it was when he was talking about military contracts, Gail's intelligence, humor, and down-to-earthiness took over from that madman Busey, and I heard Gail clearly for what he was. Yeah, buddy! Yeah, buddy! I'm cured. Five-star podcast. And that was from Dave M. Thanks, Dave. Nice. Thank you. 
Subject line is Trucker Jones, but this is from Tony. Lightning and Holman, on episode 105, Trucker Jones sent an email about the Ranger Raptor here in Australia having a 5.0. Sadly, this is not the case. It is only being offered with a two-liter twin-turbo diesel. Five stars and mount are those parameters. Master monitor key engine parameters. Uh, so a couple things about that. Don't interrupt Emmy giving us five stars. Uh, by the way, thank you for uh, listening to us in Australia. He and said. Uh, by the way, he said, "Cheers, Big T, longtime listener from episode one. Whoa, here in Perth, yeah. Western freaking Australia. Uh, people don't know this, but Aus- yeah. Australia is actually our third biggest market. If you can believe that, is it really? Yeah, it's uh, U.S., Canada, Australia, then the U.K. Huh." So that's kind of cool. Yeah, it is. So we have a lot of people down in Australia, and as uh, those of you know, I have a lot of idiosyncrasies about myself. One is uh, I love barbecue and Dr. Pepper. The other is I have a unnatural fascination with Australians. I love hanging out with them, love drinking with them, uh, love their country. That's not unnatural. Is it normal? That is normal. Oh, I just Australians love Australians are rad. Yeah, they are rad. I don't know why they're cooler than we are, but they they are. are. But every time you see one, there's like a a beam of light from the heavens, and you go, you're Australian. Have you you ever uh, met an Australian that couldn't outdrink you? Nope. What's up with that? I know. It's weird. And by the way, don't ever offer a true Australian fosters. They'll punch you in the face like a Sheila you are. I think they have two bladders. (laughs) <laughs> is that what it yeah. is? They're like, um, they're like cows with multiple Funny letters. story, I was in Sydney once. And what if we found that out? They're like, Australians have been keeping it. Then that's not it, fair. They've been keeping it secret no, no, no. for hundreds of years. No, no, no. I, have a way to come, I have a way to come back to that. Okay. So uh, after the Baja 1000 one year, I still had my catheter on from racing. Mm. And we went, went to the bar. <laughs> and it was Mexico, so I just stayed at the bar and was, didn't move all night. You just oh, because you're peeing into the uh, <laughs> under the floor. <laughs> yeah, but it's just a cut oh. at the end of your food. <laughs> uh, it's also funny when you go to the uh, urinal and you lift up your right leg and pee out of your foot. Yeah, <laughs> that also is a fun party trick. All right, uh, this one here from uh, Jeremy Montez, and it says headlight DRL quote unquote discussion. Yeah, that's uh, me, man. All right, here we go. You ready? Here we go. I'm ready. I'm, I'm, all right, I'm ready. All right, here we go. Long time listener, first time emailer. Love the show and keep up the great work. Your quote-unquote discussion on DRLs and dash lights creating an environment that allows people to drive around at night with their headlights or taillights off is something that I see on a daily basis in South Florida. As much as I agree with both of your points, you're missing two big factors. Number one, yeah. automatic headlights are killing people's ability to know how to turn their lights on and off. If they get into a new car to them, borrowed, rented, just purchased, they don't take the time to find out where the light switch is, especially if their previous car had auto headlights. People think all headlights turn on by themselves regardless of vehicle. And point two, people are oblivious. And it was all caps, lots of X. Yeah, right. uh, I was trying to make the, the feel of the letter come alive there. Okay, well, hold on a second. No, oh, wait, wait. No. Say it again. People are oblivious. That was a lot of echo. Yeah. Uh, yes, the streetlights and DRLs may give them just enough light to see at night, but I don't think they care too much. People are more interested in checking their phones. Don't get me started on that. Listening to music or superb automotive podcasts like yours, though your listeners don't do this. Or just being in a state of terrified complacency. Not sure that's a thing, but at 630, I think it is. That they don't care about the basic safety of driving, like being able to see or paying attention. For context, I own a vehicle with auto headlights and one without. Both have indicator lights on the dash when the headlights are on. People were just paying attention, see bullet point two above, they would see whether they were driving at night with just DRLs or their headlights. Thanks again, you guys, and I can't wait to see what 2020 brings to the show. Yeah, buddy. Yeah, buddy. Five stars. Five star review. Five stars. 
your loyal and trusted and valued listener, Jeremy. Thanks, Jeremy. Do you know that last night on the 605 freeway, oh boy. almost home, rolled up on a car, it was a black SUV, flashed him, flashed him, flashed him. This is happening to me almost weekly now. Okay. Headlights off, headlights on. And I was bummed because I was in my Mini. Yeah. And when I turned my headlights back on after the... Only the right one fired back up. They're, they're HIDs, and it and it didn't like the fact that I was turning them on uh-huh. and off because you're not supposed to do that. Right. With HIDs. Uh-huh. And I'm like, great. I'm. I, I now just, you're the guy. Now I'm that guy. Now I'm now I'm winking at him. Uh-huh. Right. Luckily, it fired back up. After Did you the get his next number? Cycle. So then, I go along the side of him and I roll down my window uh-huh. I, and I give him the circular roll down your window yeah. thing, which of course only an old person would right. Know. You have to point. Is that what it is? Yeah, it's a point. Okay, I did the rolling yeah, thing. Yeah, right? you're Whatever. old. Keep going. I'm old, and he rolls it down, and I and it's loud, and he's listening to the radio or something, and he could barely hear me. I go, "Your lights," and then nothing, and then I passed him, and nothing, and I'm like, "Oh my god!" So finally, he rolls back up on me a couple miles later, and he rolls his window down, and he goes, "What? What?" And I go, "Your headlights," and he goes. Oh, thank you. Did you and do the boom. like the 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 flicking of the five fingers out at him? Like turn on your lights? No, I just yelled as loud as I possibly could. Well, your mini's pretty loud. Air rushing by is pretty loud. But if he's in a pickup truck, no, 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 he was in a, in an SUV. Oh, well, yeah, but he, that sits way higher than you. How are you not looking at, through the roof uh, at that person? It was more like a. Um, it wasn't a big SUV. It was okay. more like a you know a Subaru sized SUV, no. that type of thing. All right, all right. Yeah. It's it's happening to me. I can't not do it. <laughs> you, you have. A, I'm obsessed. It's your it's your twitch. I'm obsessed. Uh, tire pressure is the subject line from Brant. Lightning at home, and I recently uh, went to add some air to my tires after the weather hit minus twenty three degrees Celsius. That's minus ten Fahrenheit. Burr. Which got me thinking. I have a load range, uh, E. 10-ply tires okay. on my 17 F-150. And I was wondering how to determine the best pressure. Why does he have E on a F-150? He must tow heavy? I guess. I That's know. a pretty heavy-duty tire for a half ton. But okay, mm, keep going. I don't know. So I was wondering how to determine the best pressure to run with the higher load-rated tires. The pressure listed on the door jam, 35 PSI, is correct for the factory tires, load range C, but is too much for everyday driving on the tires that I have. Is there a formula, a chart, or an app out there to get me closer than trial and error? This could be a good excuse to have a tire manufacturer on the podcast. Also, I can't wait for the new Bronco to come out. Darn embargo. Embargo. And always five stars. Five star review. Five stars. So interesting that he would ask that. At MPMC, I was talking to our friends at Mickey Thompson, and we were talking about this exact thing. We're going to have them on the show hopefully uh, in, in the next few weeks. Um, and I've always done and professed the chalk test. So essentially you rub chalk on your wheel, uh, on your tire tread, and you roll forward, and you can see if your contact patch is only part of your tire tread, well, then that means that you have too much air because it's bulging out in the center, or if it's uh, only the outside edges, which means you don't have enough air because it folds in the center. One of the guys at Mickey Thompson said that that's not a good... And then of course, if you do it right, the whole tire tread shows up properly. He said that they don't recommend that and that there's other ways. And I said, you need to come on the podcast because I've always done it by the chalk test and I've always, it's always worked for me. So I've never heard of the chalk test. And how would you, so how would you do it when you do tires? And by the way, when you have a direct huh. replacement tire with a different sidewall, I would almost say run the door jam because that is the same air volume 
as your previous tires, even though the tire is stronger, just allows you to carry more weight. Obviously, heat is the enemy, so I would use the door jam number. However, if you go on like a load range E on a big Ram, they're like 80 PSI. So I'm not 100% sure how to reconcile that. Typically, if you go to a bigger volume tire, let's say you went from a, a standard tire that you got on your truck and then you put a 37 on it, you need way less air because you have so much more air volume in there. And so it's uh, I will have to do some digging on that one because I thought I knew the right answer and I would have confidently told you this until I had somebody in the tire industry say, no, I don't like that. There's you know what I way. do? Pray. I go five PSI under whatever the tire says, always 100% of the time. Why? Just because that's my deal. Okay. Well, you're going to die. <laughs> that's what <laughs> I do. As your tire delaminates on the No, it doesn't. Never had an issue. Uh-huh. I get, I, dude, I'll get, I'll get max miles out of my tires. <laughs> I do. Okay. Good luck to you. You don't need to wish me good luck. <laughs> okay, I'm telling well, you, it I'm works just, for me. I'm doing it anyway. It's a hard ride, <laughs> but it works great. Well, it should be a softer ride. What are you talking five, about? Five less. Yeah, but if you go five- the five mag- over, no, no, not more, five over. More air gives you a harder ride. I understand less air that, ride. but it's a max. That's the if you go to the max, if it's you know. So you're talking about the max tire pressure, yes, not the door jam. That's correct. Door jam and max on your tire are two different things. I know that. Oh, I'm okay. telling you All that right. I ignore the door jam. Ignore. It oh, completely. you're that's even worse. No way. Oh, I'm dude. going by the tire. I'm going by the max psi and then minus five. And then minus five. Yeah, you're crazy. Or sometimes I'll go minus 10 if I wanted a nicer ride. <laughs> you're, you're a wild man. <laughs> and, and that's how I roll. All right. Yeah, well, I, I mean, I you're right. I, you, I don't have to wish you I luck. I have great that's success. Probably most of the time you're overinflated and wearing out the middles. No, it doesn't happen. Uh, you have no payload. That's why I went 5 to 10 under. Uh, interesting. If I'm going crazy payload, then I'll go to the max. You never go back in there and refill your tires. I ab- what do you mean I'd never go back? Of course so I do. So you, you decide that you're going to, whatever you're driving, you're going to load. Let's say you're in the Mini. Yeah. And then you have a bunch of DJ equipment. You, you're going to go and Where add Where am I putting PSI? the DJ equipment? That's not the point. The point is this is a theoretical conversation. I, I'm just saying. I would never do it in the Mini. In a I'm truck, just, I might. Okay. I'm just saying you're not going back into it and going, oh, I added some extra weight. So I'm going to go up the tire I pressure. have done that on trucks, yes. Not in your everyday life. Maybe if you're moving somebody for a weekend or something. But that's why else would you do it? It's only in those those odd times that you would hmm. add air, except for if I mean, you're I, carrying I, I, if I you're carry carry, a compressor. If you're carrying a uh, load of sandbags from work to home, yeah, you're not airing up your tires for that short trip. No, probably yeah, not. Yeah, that's that my point. Trip. Okay. But if you were doing it for the weekend, moving somebody back and forth, you would do it. I can see I that. I might, yes. All right, so are we, are we aligned there? I think so. Okay. All yeah. Right. All right, got one here from uh, Andrew Washburn, and this one says CDL. Jabouble and Holman. <laughs> I was just listening to the 500,000-mile Duramax episode and realized that the Duramax owner said he tows up to 36,000 pounds, meaning he technically needs a CDLA, which I'm assuming he has. But it makes you wonder, with a 26,000-pound camper, do they ensure the buyer has a CDL prior to the sale, or is it a don't-ask-don't-tell situation? Can anyone's grandpa buy a dually and a camper and hit the road? I agree with the emailer that at the end of the episode when he said anything 26,001 pound and over requires a CDL, but how often do they really check since you aren't required to stop at a way station without DOT stickers? Hadn't really thought about it until now. Also was thinking you should bring Stacy David on the show. He was a big influence on me growing up and building my desire to learn about and build trucks. Keep the podcast coming. Thanks for keeping the suckage down. I look forward to them. But unfortunately for the next couple months, I'll be downloading them and saving them so I have something to listen on my upcoming deployment. Looking forward to these upcoming podcasts. Yeah, buddy. Yeah, buddy. 
And that was uh, Andrew Washburn. Andrew, thank you so much for uh, your service. service. And uh, we appreciate you as a listener. And I do know that you can get a non-commercial CDL here in California. Uh, That is something that if you are driving something that big, you can apply for and you don't have to do any of the logs and stuff, but it... I think it's well. I don't know. I'm not sure how how it differs from a you commercial. You were just straight up making that yeah, up. Yeah, I was, you? and there I caught myself. <laughs> <laughs> um, I should know that, but the California laws have changed and things are weird. And let me let me fill in the blanks different. for you. My name is Holman. I'm going to do a little bit of research and get back with you guys. Uh, I'll put this in the research pile. <laughs> there you also go. the T-shirt pile. Yep. All right. Uh, light bars. Subject line from uh, Rich Humphries. They, oh man, first Jabubli, now light bars. <laughs> light bars. <laughs> oh, that's funny. No, yeah. <laughs> hey guys, so I'm going to get straight to the point because I want to hear your professional opinion on this subject. Today at work, I had a discussion with a coworker about what is the best light bar in Pod's company. He kept saying rigid. I didn't fully agree as just because it is the most advertised doesn't mean it is the best product. Now, I asked a Facebook group and they all said either Rigid or KC. Now, I highly doubt anyone on there had the opportunities to try different like you guys might have. So can you weigh in? Thanks, Rich. Uh, On light bars, uh, Rigid makes one heck of a great product. Uh, Their early, uh, early commercials about the ruggedness were sort of known in the industry. Um, they use a great, uh, a great product, great uh, diode chips, all that kind of stuff. Casey, another great company. Baja Designs, another great company. Can I tell you my favorite? And uh, oh, I was going to say Diode Dynamics is another one up That's and coming. That's a great one. Yep. yep. My personal favorite, sure. Vision X. Yeah, Vision X does some good stuff too. You not know? Not really. Uh, also, JW Speaker. Yeah. JW Speaker does some good stuff as well. But do they? They don't do light bars. Yes, do they? they do. Yeah. They do. Mm-hmm. JW Speaker mm-hmm. does. I just knew them for the headlights. Yeah, they the do LED a whole headlights. a whole bunch of different stuff. They started okay. in the trucking industry, so oh. a lot of our trucker friends might uh, not Trucker Jones unless Trucker Jones is right. a trucker, but the other truckers who drive trucks that aren't little trucks. The big reason trucks, that trucks. I like the Vision X uh-huh. is because they went really big into mining, and they they develop light bars mm-hmm. for salt mines. Mm-hmm. There is no worse. I believe they're climate. based here in Southern California as well, aren't they? Uh, no, they're not. Oh. They, I think, okay. they're Washington or something I like that. I believed wrong. So, I mean, the salinity of some of these salt mines. I think they're in like Kentucky, where they're you know, who knows, thousand foot underground. They des- it destroys everything. So they use the same technology on your trucks that won't even see half half even close to that kind of harsh environment. And, uh, and I have had some really great personal luck with Vision X. Um, so try whatever you want. Casey is a phenomenal brand, friends of mine over there. Uh, but those are my personal yep. faves. Auburn, Washington. There you go. Yep. No, they make they definitely make some great stuff. Um, I th- you know, that lighting segment is so competitive. I think everybody's really up their game. I would just stay away just from the Chinese, the Chinese stuff. stuff. Yeah. Because what, it may look the same. I mean, I don't want to name any names on the podcast, but a lot of them might use like a the basically a light emitting diode chips are rated for color and brightness and all that. And production lines, they, they don't all come out the same. And so there's like an A, a B, a C. Um, so the grade of chip matters. And so somebody like a Rigid or a JW or, you know, they might use a Siemens, uh, Philips, and what's the other company? Cree. And they may use all, everything has to be an A, whereas you might go to some of these Chinese companies and they're using like C or D. So the output's not the same or the quality's not the same and they just, they're just not as good. Or, you know, they're not like, I know that uh, KC and Vision X are both like hermetically sealed. You can't just open them up and mess around with them. You've got to send them in because you'll never seal them back up the way they sealed them. 
Yeah. That's how perfectly sealed they are. So no moisture will get in there. They're not going to fog up, which I have seen from some Chinese ones. Yeah. yeah, and yeah. The, the, there's Chinese ones where the uh, you know one thing that Diodynamics does really well is their optics for getting the light spread out. And there's a lot of Chinese lights out there where the optics are shaped a certain way. They're chrome, but maybe it's not a highly polished chrome. Maybe it's not a high grade, and there's a, it's just not as smooth. And you can see the that, light that bars chrome, next to each other. That chrome corrodes on some of them, too. Yeah, yeah. And then you can see just the light output, two different bars. I've done light tests for Four-Wheeler Magazine where we had a light bar identical, one to the left, one to the right, in the middle of the lake bed, uh, you know, and you could see the throw completely different, even though the Chinese one was marketing as being similar in quality to the American or uh, not even the American-made one, but just a reputable company. I think when it comes to lights, you actually do get what you pay for. I would agree with that. Okay. Yeah. All right. Uh, one last one here from uh, Ed Fevold, and Ed says, uh, electric garage tools. And he says, a long-time listener, third-time emailer, I know Milwaukee is the cream of the crop. No argument there. I had the NICAT 18-volt set for 15 years before I upgraded. I built decks and fences on the side when I wasn't driving my Freightliner. I don't do as much side work now as I've improved my position at work. I now have the full 18-volt rigid tool set from Home Depot. I've built three decks and several handyman projects since switching to rigid. I researched at the time they had more torque than any of the others, plus a lifetime replacement warranty. Yes, that includes the batteries. Now, if I depended on these tools to earn a living, I would have gone Milwaukee or DeWalt. They offer a few more specialized tools, but bang for the buck, power and reliability. feel like I've made the best decision. Check it out. You won't be disappointed, and you'll save quite a few bucks. He also says, uh, I think uh, you should hire Emmy. Uh, Emmy works for somebody else, so that probably won't happen, but we would love to have her. Uh, he says, uh, question, is Ram going to enter the midsize truck market, and what can you tell us about the new Frontier, possible new Nissan Xterra? Uh, Ram is alleged to enter the midsize truck market. Don't know if it's going to be body on frame. Or if it's going to be a, a unibody, there have been rumors on both accounts. But now that the Jeep Gladiator frame is out there, that chassis, perhaps we'll see a Ram version. Hmm. Maybe. I don't know. Hmm. I'm just throwing it out there. Uh, what can you tell us about the new Frontier? I can tell you there will be uh, news uh, at our, in our next show uh, that you'll like. And beyond that, I can't tell you anything. <sighs> Embargo. And possible new Nissan Xterra. And unfortunately, I can tell you I do know that is not going to happen. Oh, really? Yeah, so I will. Okay. Uh, sorry to be the bearer of bad news. Uh, another question, why didn't Tesla start with a mid-sized truck base? With the battery tech as it is now, a smaller truck might be more appealing to the kind of weekend project truck buyers versus the guys that earn a living with their trucks. Seems to me more city-friendly type rig would be an easier sell than a move into the full-size market. It's still ugly. Don't care what cool tech it comes with. Um, I would say that you still have to have a robust chassis to carry all those batteries, so why not uh, go big? rather or than home. Or go home. Yeah. Last question. I'm a big fan of the first. Is this still the same? Yeah, email? yeah he's got a bunch of questions. I want to a... help him out here. This is biblical. <laughs> I'm a big fan. Oh, hold on, John, uh, 316. Um, wow. I'm a big fan of the first Titan body style, but the gas mileage is terrible. Does anyone make a wiring harness to mate the latest transmission, like the Nissan Nine Speed, into the old Five Speed Auto? Thanks for all the hard work. Yeah, buddy. Yeah, buddy. Five stars. Five star review. Five stars. Thanks, Ed. And I need a sticker for my toolbox. Do you sell them yet? Um, no. I'd like to say that we can send it. Yeah, one. we can. We have plenty. I know. Just send, send us. But your we're bad address. We're bad. We're just busy. It's hard. It's not. Don't even make an excuse. There are no. If excuses you come left. to Southern California and show up at Motor Train Group, I will give you some. <laughs> and that goes for anybody. Just show up and say, "Is Holman here? Can I have a sticker?" Yeah. And I will give you one personally. Yeah. 
Uh, not happening. As for the nine speed <laughs> and the old supply, I know there's a few uh, Nissan upfit houses that do a bunch of cool things, like the they call it the Titan swap, or they put Titan parts on a Frontier or Xterra, do the V8 swap. Um, I don't know. I don't know if they they make a, a wiring harness where you can put the seven or nine speed where the five speed used to be. Um, but uh, I got a um, got word that uh, the new Titan much more fuel efficient and uh, very cool. And if uh, you want to replace that old one, then uh, see your Nissan dealer. Hmm. We'll have one soon. Hmm. And that's uh, that's it for inbox. Right, well, that is uh, that's enough for me. Whoa, what? No, I, we have more. There's no, no, we don't. That show was like eight hours long. No, it's impossible. I still have stuff to talk about. No, you're done. You're done. Stop it. No more. The truck show. The truck show. The truck show. Oh, oh. All right. Well, uh, I guess if you want to keep talking to us, you can do it on our socials at Truck Show Podcast <laughs> or send us an email, Truck Show Podcast at email.com. I'd like you guys to leave us a message on the five-star hotline, 657-205-6105, 657-205-6105. Uh, hey, by the way, you gonna you going to subscribe to me, Jay Tillis, on, his, <laughs> on uh, YouTube, or are you going to subscribe to Sean P. Holman yes. on YouTube? You have to, because now we have to figure out who can grow their page faster this year. <laughs> Uh, oh, our, and our, also, I'm warning you guys: content, <laughs> the content's gonna suck. No, the content's gonna be awesome because you you've so? got to be there, all of you. Uh, also, don't forget to uh, head on over to uh, Apple Podcast app or iTunes and leave your review. We're now up to uh, 719 ratings. Yes, so please. we're at 699. So I posted a picture on our Instagram and it said, "Who's gonna be 700?" Well, 20 of you people jumped on in, so we Dang. got we got a ton of great reviews for the next Sweet. show. Thank you guys very, very we, much. We appreciate it. Be sure to subscribe, tell your friends, share our posts, let people know about, it so we can keep this thing going. And, and uh, go down to your damn Nissan dealer and buy yourself a 2020 Nissan Titan. Your your awesome Nissan dealer. Yes, that one. Yes, that one. <laughs> All right, great. And uh, don't forget to head over to Decked.com for your cargo storage solution for your pickup or uh, van. And also our friends over at Innova. Uh, Innova.com, check out some of the most awesome OBD2 diagnostic tools in the market. Also has a great ecosystem for figuring out not only what your code is doing, but also how to fix it, which is pretty cool. And they've got a little dongle you can plug right in and sync to your uh, sync to the app on your phone. Android or iOS. That too. All right. So uh, I know we usually end the show here, uh, but I figured let's end the show and then I've got a little bonus content. But I have to explain it. Because I think it's going to be awful. <laughs> oh my god! Well, I don't well, think the bonus. Nice co- I don't think the bonus content is awful. I think that it just was a compromised situation for what I was trying to do. Can you guess? Can you guess? Can you guess the thing? All right. So, what is Holman embarrassed, but not so embarrassed about that he'll still play it? Yeah. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Hmm. <laughs> Hmm. Well, we didn't talk about that thing that I did. I don't. What thing did you do? Uh, I may have placed an order for. Uh, you bought your Jeep, a uh, new JL. Maybe you bought your Jeep. Yeah, I might have. Might have now, why is this place. embarrassing? But no, that's not the thing. Oh, what's the no? Thing the then? other thing. Well, what's the? What's the thing? Do, do we end the show and then should we give him five seconds of silence and then just get right into it? No, that's let me explain. No, I don't want to. Well, is this the end of the show? This, yeah. What do we? Is this, are people gone? Played the outro. Okay, so what you're telling me? We're in the movie theater. The credits yeah. are done running, and people are walking to the exits. This is Ferris Bueller. But is there a guy sitting in the there? robe? And he comes like, "Hey, you guys are still in yes, here." Yes. Yeah, yeah. There's a guy sitting there going. 
But wait, what if there's more? Yeah, this is this is this part right now. All right, so here's the deal. I went to Canton, Mississippi, to where the Nissan Frontiers and the Nissan Titans are made. And I got a tour. But I got a tour with a giant group. And so I don't think it was my best work. And so I had the microphone. Again? Yeah, again. <laughs> and what we had to do, we were in like a Cushman train. And so we had That's headphones the little on. tiny train? Yeah, it's just like the little t- electric vehicles, but there was like a tr- like three trailers no, no, of people. Hold on a but it was, it, is it the one where you straddle? It was the little children's no, train? No, 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 no. They, they were like three people wide. Oh, I see. And so what they normally do is because the plant is so massive, the uh, you have headphones on, and there's a gu- tour guide that is talking to you during the tour. So I just recorded what I could, and uh, Emmy and I have a personal friend who's been on the show before, Lynn. And she was sitting next to me, so she tried to help me while the two of us were listening to what the guy was telling us and describing not only what we were seeing, but what we what information we were being fed. And I, I haven't listened to it. This sounds awful. Right. So I, I don't want to not do it because it's Nissan, and it's really cool because I'm in a factory, and that's always awesome. But I'm a little bit worried because it's maybe not up to our normal production value. So that's why I figured it will be our bonus content. Yay or nay? I... Uh, so here's what I'd like to do. Okay. I'd like to give it 60 seconds. Okay. And if it's good, we'll yeah. continue through. If it's if it's just uh, just horrific train wreck, we'll cut we'll cut out at 60. I don't know if I like that. But I That's think it. okay, here's how what I think happened. You asked. I That's think it. I think 60 seconds is really good and then it sort of tapers off in the middle and then gets good back at the end. Are you ready? I don't see how that's possible, but okay. All right. Here we go. All right, take in the sounds of the Nissan Canton assembly plant in Canton, Mississippi. This is freaking awesome. Sorry, Light, that you're not here, but uh, I'm going to be enjoying watching Titans getting built today. So uh, this facility is uh, 4.7 million square feet. It's a mile long, produces 450,000 vehicles a year. Uh, they've done four, almost 4.5 million vehicles produced in its lifetime. They do three different production lines here. So line one is Titan and Frontier. Line two is Altima and Murano, and line three is the uh, Nissan ND cargo van. And uh, there are 6,000 employees here, and uh, the plant, you know, gives about $17 million to charity every year, so that's pretty cool. So here we are on our, uh, about to start the tour, and with me is uh, Lynn Woodward, who is Emmy's partner in crime, who's been begging, please can I get on the podcast? (laughs) So I just scored a seat next to you on the tram, I guess that works. Well, we should have you in for a real podcast interview because you actually have cool things to say, but I uh, figured we would uh, reintroduce you to the audience and prep them for when we'll have you back. Yeah, they, everyone needs to be prepped for uh, what's to come. <laughs> That's actually true. Um, all right, so we are on this tram, and uh, I'll do my best to, uh, to do a guided audio tour. Always exciting when we uh, get to go to the plants. Uh, this place is massive, so, uh, so stand by. We're having fun. So what's cool is this plant has enough uh, concrete where you can build a road 10 feet wide, 4 inches thick for 100 miles. That's how massive this place is. I don't think people realize that uh, Nissan actually started the uh, compact truck market uh, here in the U.S. with the first vehicle that was here in 1959, a little, uh, little pickup. It's not awful. I mean, it's not as bad as I thought it would be. All right. It's, you're not informative yet. I'm still tolerating I you. I just told you that Nissan started the compact pickup in 1959. Who knows about that? That is information no, right I, there. I did. 
I did know that. Oh, okay. So that's why it's not informative to you? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I'm going to let you continue to play. I just say roll with it. And if you want to bone out at this point, bone out. But I, I, you know, everybody's like, make a longer podcast. I need it for my commute. Wish is granted. We're in our 61st hour right now of this podcast. (laughs) All right. Hit it. Play it. Do it. All right. Truck. Um, So there's actually a lot of firsts with Nissan. And we got a lot of Frontier news coming up that we can't quite talk about yet. But uh, I'll let you know when we can. Right now, our, our tour guide is whispering in our ears, so I'll try and share the relevant information. Uh, above us right now is we have an unpainted uh, body of a Nissan Titan XD on a conveyor belt. All right, right now, what are we seeing here, Lynn? There's a paint line that's uh, just to our right, and we're actually traveling underneath the line here of where these Titans are being produced. So there's a conveyor belt above us, which is actually pretty cool to get this vantage point from underneath the, the truck. Yeah, I don't think I've ever seen the bottom side of a jig, and all these trucks are unpainted. It looks like they've all been uh, coated with E-code or something like that. Um, but they're uh, all silver. Um, might, might be raw metal, but these are all XDs. So for 2020, the XD is only in gas crew cab 4x4. Did you see if you look behind this shop, there were welding slag flying through the air? That looked pretty awesome. So another fun fact about this plant, they have a full pharmacy here. There's a full medical team here. Um, and they're here 24 hours a day, so it makes for things really convenient for the workers that are here. I think you can do all your banking here, so uh, it's actually a pretty cool um, full-service facility. So it's pretty cool. They said it it's basically has everything a small city would have, so it's almost a, a city within a city. They said uh, the plant contributes to 25,000 jobs locally, which is pretty cool. All right, so now we're cruising through the quality area, and you can see the uh, bodies that are on a jig. They have the doors and the bed all together for the first time, and guys are uh, making sure they're all welded correctly. Uh, We can see some Frontier beds and a complete Titan, uh, regular Titan, right in front of us. There's a gentleman working on it right now. Yeah, tour guide also just mentioned the six main panels that make up all of the vehicles, the the roof, the floor, the front, the back, and then the, the sides as well. And all of those things are assembled. As you can see, there's like there's basically just rows and rows of these body panels. It's actually pretty cool to see. Yeah, there's a. Uh, to our left, we're going down this row, and you can see where the body is all being weld. The bodies are being all welded up, and on the right, you can see uh, there's some special lighting along the line where people can make sure there's no dents or anything like that. So we're sort of between uh, the two different lines here in the body for uh, for Titan. And the Titans that were above us a moment ago uh, were further in front of that process, so we only see the cabs, no beds right now. But they look like they're going up a roller coaster, because here, <laughs> like, we're, on, we're basically at eye level with them, and then they go up onto that almost catwalk conveyor belt. It's pretty cool. <laughs> yeah, it's cool. These are the ones that were above us a little while ago, and this is the front of that line. And it's sort of see, cool to see them in raw metal. I think Nissan should just clear coat that and call it a day. Yeah, seriously, <laughs> I think that's rad sort of like cyber trucky looking but without uh without the weird pointy bits look at the uh, motor covers on the robots they look like they have smiley faces so these are happy robots that are here all right so now we're turning a corner and we're going by where all the fenders are uh you can see the whole body structure here for the titan uh we just passed the uh, mini mart in the factory and uh lynn just said snacks (laughs) that right here is where they're putting the firewall together the firewall. I'm sure your. Uh, I'm sure your listeners know. That's the uh, the panel that separates. That makes the fire. Engine, that separates <laughs> the engine from the from the cab, so no one catches fire. 
Well, that was a very uh, robust and technical description, my friend. I'm just, you know, trying to make the, the layperson understand. <laughs> yeah. So, so you're telling me it doesn't actually make fire? No. Okay. No. Well, we are uh, rolling through metal racking system full of body panel stampings. Fender panels, outer panels, bed panels, tailgate panels. I mean, as far as the eye can see, are purple racks with all these uh, panels. Can you tell me what fender that is right there that you see? It looks like the right front. So what's the difference between those ones and these ones? Those are over there and these are over here. No, those ones are regular Titans and those are XDs because the regular Titan no longer has the uh, fender badge, but the XDs still do. Oh, there you go, truck people. <laughs> That's how you can tell. In case you find yourself wandering through Nissan's assembly plan and somebody tells you to grab an XD fender. And you need to tell which one is which. Maybe you have to go pick one out. I don't know. Impress your boss and all your friends. It's a fun fact. Ooh, look, those are side doors for the NV van. Oh, look at that crane above us. We're going by uh, the stamping press. This thing is massive. It's probably 100 feet long and 40 feet tall. That noise you're hearing is stamping in process. Listen. Sounds like thunder, but that's actually this massive press stamping. What's pretty crazy about this is this machine stamps it, picks it up, puts it on a jig, and stamps the next one all in one giant motion. Listen again, you'll hear the thunder. Okay, right now they're moving a die for stamping with this massive overhead crane. Super awesome. So there's a whole section here at the plant that's just full of dies for stamping. Just really cool. Uh, there's, oh, we just turned a corner and there's like three more of these machines. It's I, crazy. I kind of feel like we're also like in a Star Wars ride. <laughs> just with all the sound effects and the noises are pretty awesome. This is very industrial. Yeah. And when the uh, stamp pieces come off the line for the first time, the uh, workers are wearing special gloves to load them up onto the, uh, the jigs so it protects their hands and doesn't put oils onto the uh, stamp parts. It's pretty cool. 800 parts per run. So every time they do a, like a run of stamping, that's, that's the target, the number that they're aiming for is 800 parts. So right now, Lynn and I are on our tram and our tour guide is uh, explaining things. So. She, while we're recording, she's trying to take an info. So she's my co-host on this one, uh, so we can get as much info to you guys as possible. But this is really cool. We're now traveling through a pallet forest of uh, part. I mean, just as far as the eye can see, 40 feet tall in the air, uh, Murano body size, Titan body size, NV van panels. I mean, just everywhere you look is a familiar body shape. I bet you could make a really weird Frankenstein vehicle here. You're like, this, this is a, it's like Johnny Cash, uh, one at a, a piece at a time, right? It's a uh, Timeronateer. MV. <laughs> All right, now we're where the inner panels and uh, outer panels are uh, being married together. All right, we're gonna move a little further down the line and then, uh, keep this train going. I'm telling you right now that somebody just got T-boned and their Frontier wishes they had access to what we're watching right now. <laughs> Seriously. It's a pretty cool. So uh, they basically marry the inner and outer panels with uh, 
some adhesive and cook them, and uh, then it goes to the robots, and the robots are welded them up. You see a bunch of slag in the air. That's awesome. Wow. Yeah, there's a robot over here that's welding, and it absolutely throws welding slag. It's super cool. Yeah, it looks like fireworks. It's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> All the workers here are awesome. Everybody keeps uh, watching our tram come by, and they're waving and smiling, and I think uh, they're pretty pr proud of what they do and happy to see us here. Uh, amazing how many vehicles Nissan builds right here in uh, Mississippi. So we're now down the metal line where uh, after the, the body shells are welded by the robots, there's a couple areas the robots can't get to, and so uh, they're hand welded. And uh, th these guys are absolute professionals. You should see the welds on these things. It's really, really great. Imagine just uh, you know laying out dimes all day uh, as these things roll down the line in front of them. They're also sanding the rough edges off of uh, the body shells as well. We just got a wave from one of the guys who is uh, on the assembly line, very cool. So uh, our tour guide was telling us that uh, every two hours the uh, workers rotate to another job to kind of make sure that nothing's too repetitive and keep the job you know, interesting. Right now uh, they're putting uh, doors and hoods on the uh, brand new Titans. Now I'm not sure because Titan XD and Titan use the same cab, I'm not sure which one they're building right now because we don't have the fenders uh, on, on yet, but the hoods are there. All right now the fenders are going on, these are Titans. By the way, uh, remember the Titan and Titan XC, five-year, 100,000-mile warranty, and I can see why they do that, and that's because the workers here put so much care into building these things. So uh, kudos to Nissan for that. So the reason those uh, bare metal shells look so shiny is they're rubbing mineral oil all over them right now. Oh. So I'm going to let our listeners hear what we're hearing so they can understand why you and I are tag-teaming on this. This is what we're hearing. Uh, the stamp in the MSR, the body, the body symbol here is 983,000 square feet, and of the 1,600 I'm starting to think that this would be a really good place, like a, a, a an assembly plant for cars would be an awesome spot for an action movie, like a big... Would it would be like snakes on a plane, but yeah, it would be like, like wildebeest in a assembly plant or something. A big, a big action movie like fight scene would be would be pretty rad in here. For sure, you could get the sparks from the welders, the bullets flying. It's uh, there's a million aisles, places to hide. This place is massive. That's right. You could like like you could smash people with a body panel. Like you could swing an. It would be awesome. <laughs> you could dive through the windshield because it hasn't been installed yet. In my head. And eventually, you could just like dip somebody in like the big paint. Like in the big one of the paint rooms. <laughs> yeah. And then you can paint them a certain color so you know they're the bad guy. And then you, everybody just says, find that guy yeah, painted. Yeah. Sold in the room, man. <laughs> I love it. Uh, we're now passing a paint line number one, which, by the way, has an Exalta sign on the door. So I'm assuming they're using Exalta paints. And they're all freshly painted out of here. Yep. Above us on the uh, roller coaster up there, the uh, monorail overhead conveyor system is uh, freshly painted Murano's. I was going to say, uh, Exalta is the same people that painted my F-100, so uh, really high quality paint. Lynn, look ahead. Do you see what I see? A bunch of finished Titans yeah. and Murano. Amazing. We just actually passed a couple of things that I thought were really interesting. So there are these little small areas. They're training areas that they've called dojos, and one of them is a safety training area, so it really shows employees all of the things that, the, the, uh, the things that they need to wear, safety goggles, earplugs. How they how to wear their uniforms. So uh, the guy, this guy also said, you know, obviously 
safety is such a key element of what goes on here at the plant. And off to our right, two brand new XDs, a Pro 4X and looks like an SL. Uh, with new grills and everything, great looking trucks. Love the new wheels on the Titan. The blue paint is so spectacular too. Look at those wheels, I like the new Titan wheels. I think that's an SL. Oh, brand new NV coming off the line. Couple Pro 4Xs. Oh, here we go, looking straight up right now. And this is the brand new painted assembled uh, Titan. It uh, has the chassis on it, the body's been married to the chassis, and it's as clean as you'll ever see that truck. Looks like they're doing a run of uh, the gun gray, I think, is the color, gun metallic. Um, all of these are gun metallic. Oh, there's a black one in here too. And uh, looks like a blue one. Immaculate brakes. <laughs> yeah, look how clean, everything's brand new and shiny. So now we're going down where they're just starting to put the interiors in, the dashboards in, the front console. There's no seats yet. No wheels and tires, which allows the uh, vehicle to be lower to the ground, which helps the uh, assemblers not, you know, everything is at uh, a regular height. They don't have to reach up in to install things. Uh, right now, there's a mix of Titan XCs and Titans, both going down the line at the exact same time, and different trim levels. We have a, it looks like a, I mean, an SV, an SL. We've got a Pro 4X, Titan, got an XD. All right, and we got the, uh, that's a SV, or an S, that's an S model. Even the uh, steel wheels on the base model look pretty good on these Titans. No doors yet, but uh, these are a mix of XDs, Titans, and then also crew cabs and king cabs. Oh, skid plates, it looks like they're doing right now. Splash guards and skid plates. All right, bumpers are going on as well. And they have these uh, protective covers for things like the headlights, and the front fenders to make sure that, uh, and the and they look like the C, B and A pillar to keep any scratches from um, getting on the body as they're lifting in the interior pieces. So the trucks are now suspended in the air while a completely automated process rolls the tires into place. The guys just go through and uh, hit them with the with the. Uh, uh, impact. It's like a fully automated pit stop. That's amazing. So this elevator is here and the wheels and tires come down. They roll onto a, a machine that puts them on like a little jig, lines them up with the uh, truck, put them on. The guy uh, takes the tool, tightens them up, bam, wheels and tires are on and they never have to lift one wheel or tire. That's amazing. So uh, right now we are uh, looking at where the frames are starting to come through. And what's interesting is the frames start out upside down in order for them to install the componentry easier. And further down the line, the uh, frame gets flipped over, kind of like when we were at the Cummins plant when Big Igor was fl flipping uh, blocks over. Same, uh, same idea here at the Nissan plant. So what's fa fascinating is when they paint a Titan, they paint the tailgate and the cab and the bed all at the same time, so they have a great paint match, but then the the conveyor system separates out each component and it all goes down different lines, and then they come back and meet up again at uh, the frame. So that's pretty, uh, pretty incredible. I always wondered how that works. So uh, the vehicles all are from the same paint process. Right now we're crossing line one bumper sub. The final manufacturing for the front bumpers. So fog lights and trim and all that stuff. After they're uh, completed here, they go to the pre-final line and they go over to the final line. So we're kind of bouncing around the, the plan a little bit. Uh, right now where you can see the, uh, the nearly finished Titans, no grills on yet, you can see the grill shutters in the front. And you can kind of tell what trim it is by the wheels. 
So this is a two-wheel drive SL, and this is a two-tone, which is pretty cool. So we're now passing uh, the first time the vehicles touch the ground and roll on their own wheels on this final assembly line. Fluids getting added, windshield washer, all the hydraulic, uh, oil, brake fluid, all that stuff. Uh, the hoods are up, still no doors or seats. Front bumpers and rear bumpers are on though. So right now you can see the, uh, the electrical system is turned on because all the screens are lit up and they're starting to put in the uh, cowls where the windshield wipers go, uh, the rear glass is in. We're starting to see what looks like a truck coming together. Still needs doors though. All right, here we are. Just like the wheel and tire elevator, there's a seat elevator. And uh, we're watching the seats come off the elevator down to uh, some rollers. And the technicians grab them with a the robot and they go straight into the truck. I love that they don't have to, I mean, really, it's all an automated process. Obviously, there are people here kind of guiding them into the right place, but they, no one has to lift anything really heavy. It's because of that repetition, so it is, they're very safety conscious. It's really great. And it's amazing the uh, machines have uh, padding in just the right spot so they don't uh, scratch any paint. Yeah. And the movement is perfect for picking up the seat, lifting it up. And it's sort of like a, I don't know, like how an exoskeleton would work on somebody where it's assisting them the entire process of putting the seats in. Let's see, we're at, front seats are going in now, rear seats are in now, electricity's on, but no steering wheel, no doors yet. All right, looks like we've uh, got also tailgates and grills, uh, grills are now going on. Driver's seat's going on, steering wheel's going on. I mean, this is a complete truck minus the, uh, minus the doors. We're pretty much out of truck. Yeah. Uh, and badging. All right, Lynn, the moment we've all been waiting for, doors going on the new Titans. And you can see the gentleman here is actually slamming the door open and shut, ensuring that the fit is correct. That's quality control, man. And then it looks like the last thing that the uh, Titans are doing here before they pop out is they go through a, uh, a basically like a, let's call it a light cave. Yeah. <laughs> and that way they can see if there's any paint imperfections and mark them um, before they come off the assembly line. Yeah. And they actually have some um, bulletin boards here that show what a defect looks like and how minor they are, but for people to be able to pick out what, what isn't right to make sure that what rolls out of this plant is the highest quality vehicle that you could possibly get. Ooh, wait, there's a test track here. How do, how do we get on that? How do we get on that part of the line? Did he just say every vehicle they make here gets driven? Yes. Well, that's pretty amazing. So everything goes through the test track, and uh, he didn't say how long it is, but that's pretty interesting. All right. Well, that's uh, that's pretty awesome. We uh, have just basically watched Titans go from stampings all the way to being driven out the other side of the plant door. Um, very cool. Well, hopefully we'll get some interviews uh, coming up with some of the Nissan uh, folks here and uh, ask some more questions and learn more about the uh, Titan and the 2020 Titan XD. So I'm with the uh, Vice President of uh, the Nissan Canton Assembly Plant. That was a really great tour. Thank you so much. Uh, no, I appreciate you all coming out here and seeing what we do every day. I'm, I'm really curious about um, what happens. Right now you're in a, a transition period where the 19s just got finished and you're building the 20s and saw a lot of parts out there and I was kind of curious, how does that work when you're done with manufacturing one model, you're gonna do the, the changeover. Where do those extra parts go? Or is everything just in time, there's no waste? Or does it go back to stock for dealerships and repair parts? No, so what you saw uh, was actually parts we plan to use. So you, you, there, we don't we build a sequence, and we typically don't have any obsolescence. We know what we're gonna build, what our build plan is. We order the parts to that level. And so as we're making the transition, it's seamless, just like what you saw. Very cool, and then what is the, uh, what's the transition period like? I know there weren't a, a ton of uh, physical changes to the truck, but 
when you transition from one model year to the next, and obviously the interior, the electrical architecture, there's mm -hmm. been a lot of changes there. What does a plant go through, and how long does that process typically take? So uh, I mean, the process varies depending on the, the level of change that you're talking about. But we do have levels of production trials that we go through to prep every single technician and the engineering teams uh, to cope with that. Uh, the changeover, though, uh, is, is typically you know, pretty seamless. You know, we, we will literally build, build out the 19, switch right over to the 20. We do have a, a very uh, strict process as a control to uh, guarantee our quality, and, uh, and we go from there. Awesome. Well, really appreciate your time and uh, getting to check out the plant. Yes, sir. Thank you. All right, I'm standing here with our very dear friend, Wendy Orthman. You may remember her from the Fruitcake episode. Wendy, this is our last trip together for a while. You have, you're leaving us. I, that is true. It, this is very disappointing for me. I know, I know that we've, we've made the, the, uh, the most of this trip. Um, congratulations. Why don't you tell everybody what your new role is and where you're going? So after four and a half years of playing with trucks at Nissan, I'm actually going to move to the luxury world and move to Japan and take on um, Infinity Communications. Oh, uh, wait, uh, you left out a word in Infinity Communications. <laughs> I'll be the global head of I'm Infinity I'm sorry, what? The girl who brought us a fruitcake <laughs> to try and poison us, the fruitcake that was rotting in her office is now leading up global Infinity Communications from Japan. Yeah, it's crazy how the world works, isn't it? <laughs> Well, congratulations. I know, uh, I know that you're a, a, a fan favorite, and uh, so we just wanted to let you know that we appreciate you. We've done a lot of stuff together. Wendy was one of the very first people who believed in the podcast and was a champion, so a lot of this is here because, uh, because of Wendy. So we just want to say how much we love you, and uh, we wish you luck in your new role, but we're going to be super sad that uh, we don't get to play with trucks with you anymore. I know I'm sad too, but as I clean out my office, I do think I have one fruitcake left, so there may be at least a care package from Tennessee. Ooh. <laughs> hey, uh, hey, Jay, uh, are you here? this do we do it again or do we save it for five i don't know yeah well I, I would fly back from japan to watch you guys do that one more time all right we uh i mean i would say we were going to consider that thank god for uh cory bar and his amazing meal last night i don't think about a fruitcake right now but uh but yeah so uh i'm gonna tell you yes to your face and then we're just gonna uh return to sender when that sucker arrives i won't be there to notice so it's <laughs> fine it's fine all right well congratulations we're gonna miss you and uh best of luck uh, Wendy is truly one of my good friends, and it's just been a, it's been awesome to do all the fun stuff together. We, we were reminiscing yesterday. It's like well, we've done Titan Meetup, we've done I can't, uh, Morocco, the podcast, fruitcake, plant tours. I mean, that's always always something. She's one of the best in the industry when it comes to putting on a, a fun events for journalists. It's never it's never boring. So now we're gonna need to get you in a QX80 in Japan. So that'll be my new assignment. All right, I like that. Check it out. Uh, spoken like a true PR professional. Thank you, Wendy. Time. Did you guys make it? Did you make it all the way through? Are you still here? I mean, there's got to be one person, right? I don't know. Should we tell them to somehow check in with us and let us know they made it all the way? Yeah, we'd like to know. Did you get all the way out to the end? 657-205-6105-truckshowpodcast at gmail.com. Just let us know if you made it. If you made it this far, congrats. Was the bonus episode worth it? or the? No, no, I don't want to know The that. bonus track. I don't want to know if they liked it. You just want to know if they did I it. I just want to know if they did it. Yeah. All right. I don't want to know how the dog poop smelled. I just want to know, <laughs> know if the dog it. pooped. Yeah. Um, okay, how about this? What do you think the over-under is on more than 10? I think it's uh, it's under. <laughs> oh, man, ye a little faith. <laughs> Let me just say, we are deeply sorry. We're sorry. We're sorry. We're sorry.